call-in show where you decide the topic. From love chat for Matt to the hate in your heart. I can't believe it. There are no limits. You can be nice. I love legends. You can be mean. I don't give a fuck. Or you can blow it all up. Every Wednesday at 9, it gets crazy when you get their number and you can call them maybe. And now, here they are, Matt Christensen and Blonde. Hello and welcome to the show. It is the call-in show, the show where you get our number and we are at your mercy. Hello, Blonde. Hi. Well, uh, there are few tougher things in life outside of losing a family member, him or herself, than losing mm-hmm. the quasi-family members. I don't know. They're, maybe they're not even quasi. Maybe they're full family members. But losing a dog is one yeah. of the great emotional difficulties of life. And no, it is not my dog, but uh, my family has gone through the, the the pain of putting my, my parents' dog down the last couple Aww. of days. And uh, I know dogs mean a lot for their own sake, but man... These two French bulldogs that we have, we we got them both after we lost my brother to deal with that pain. And so their dog, who was such a high character, crazy, funny, weird. Anybody who knows French bulldogs knows the kind of weird character dogs they are. And he was one of the weirdest I've ever seen. And man, he he just became a bag of bones since Christmas. And, oh, and they had to cancer? make cancer. No, I don't. He didn't have any kind of he actually did have cancer early in his life, but that was they cut that out and it was removed. He um he had some sort of swelling in his lungs and his heart that sort of flared up over Christmas and they gave him some some uh, medicine to to control that. But whatever it was, it, it really just accelerated since Christmas. And, and when I saw him last on Monday, he was just a bag of bones. I mean, he was just. He was, you could see his ribs and his spine and he just, he couldn't walk hardly anymore. And my parents had to make that decision. And man, uh, you know, it's not the same as losing a person. It's not, but anytime you lose, yeah, yeah, anytime you you lose a a dog and those dogs for me were a bridge between lives, you know, it's like from, from losing my brother to the birth of my son. And they're really the only constant in my life since then, other than this show, but this show even came after this case. That was three years later that we started doing this show. So man, you know, I, it's uh it's, it's not a, I'm, I don't, I don't say this for poor me reasons. Obviously everyone goes through it, but it it's crazy to think just how sad you can get over the loss of a family animal in that way. Oh yeah. And, um, cause they, they only know how to love you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it's just, the, the, Life phases end and I and I'm 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 at a crossroads in my in my life right now. Big changes are coming. And uh this this is part of that. But but the it, that dog served his purpose. That dog connected us from one life to the next and I think that's why it hurts to lose him so much is because he did exactly what he was supposed to do. Every time a and dog so, dies you realize that having them was just just barely worth it, you know, cuz it's so <laughs> sad. They do create a lot of messes. They do uh <laughs> no when they die it's so sad oh i thought you like, meant they're just uh little fuckers while they're alive i thought that's oh my dogs i mean yeah <laughs> i thought you were having caesar ptsd or something oh no yeah. was, you know some dogs they die and you're you're also massively relieved because yeah. 
it was only a matter of time before they mauled somebody. <laughs> um, but like when you really love a dog and then they die, it's like, it's just such a gut wrenching, heartbreaking experience that it's almost not worth getting another dog. And then you kind of yeah. forget a little bit. And then... Well, it makes me sad because my parents aren't young. My parents are, are, you know, creeping on 70 years old, not quite, but they're getting there. And I know they're not going to get another dog. Almost certainly. This is kind of the last hurrah of dogs for them. So that's sad. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's tough. Um, but how's Bash doing? He's very healthy. Thank, thank God. He's very healthy. He's coming up on 10 years old, but I just saw that. I just, that's why tonight's show is dedicated to Sherman, the French bulldog, but Sherman, what's a nice name. Sherman went from very healthy and robust to gone within just a few months time. And the thing like, you know, everybody goes through it. My family can take it just like anybody else. But actually what I fear, the, the thing that makes me so sad too, is knowing that that is coming sooner rather than later for my dog and i also know that in all likelihood my son will be old enough to get it yeah and it's going to be harder to explain to him how that all works than it will be to to process for myself but yeah anyway i don't mean to consume all of uh tonight's time with that just uh things to think about but but even though the pain is great like you said uh i there's never not a single moment that I that I would change any. He was a great dog who did exactly what he was supposed to do. Aww. So even though it hurts, uh, it was well worth the decade that we got with him. Anyway, on that note, we don't have to have a downer show tonight. Just something that's on on my mind and something I'm thinking about. But of course, we'll talk about whatever you would like to. White pills, happy thoughts, encouragement of all sorts. Uh, much appreciated. Dog related or calling otherwise. in and encouraging us. Oops. No, no, I mean like about the world, not about this dog. I mean like no, no, in general. Yeah. I, I don't really want people's encouragement. I don't want them. Well, I you know sometimes I like to to think happy things, as delusional as it may be. No, uh, but uh, we'll do we'll we'll take your calls as normal tonight as usual, uh, and um, we will catch up with your super chats uh, every half hour as well. I, I should mention, as I always do, if you'd like to participate in the show. Uh, and you're not sure how there are instructions for how to do that in the video description uh, on whatever platform you may be viewing. If you'd like to participate in the show, but you can't do it live, of course, you can send us an email question. The way to do that is head on over to the contact page of the website, mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact. Look for the call-in show question form, and we'll take them there. Uh, and we'll get to your email questions at the uh, end of the show about 90 minutes from now. Okay. Anything else before we hop into the calls? No, could somebody call in that has kids and talk to me about potty training? Hmm. That or would email really Vlant. Yeah, or email me. But it, it might be an important thing that other young parents hmm. should know. All right, Oak Tree Hartman is up first. Oak Tree, are you there? Oh, there must be a uh, delay between what I'm watching and what I'm hearing. Yeah, there always, there's going to be a little bit, yeah. It makes sense. So, uh... I was going to pull like a theory by you guys because I've been testing this out at work with a bunch of boomer cons. But uh, since like everything's erupted in Ukraine and I feel like there's an emergence of a multipolar world order, I could see a renaissance in, uh, in our side of the pond just because with like a bipolar water, or world order arising, it might incentivize competition between us and the Eastern Bloc. A lot of BRICS countries are a lot more skeptical of our allyship. Saudi Arabia is doing under-the-table deals that the State Department didn't know about until like maybe two, three weeks ago. 
And I'm thinking that the greatest time in American prosperity was when we were competing with the Soviet Union. Yeah, I suppose yeah. Uh, it, it, it. I think you're right that if you look back to well, if you think about like America's prime, I think there are a lot of great things technologically that exist right now. But are we at our true social prime these days? It's hard to say that's the case. So if, I'd have to back it up to to maybe that era. Maybe it was uh, when we actually had that kind of existential threat enemy uh, around which to organize. I don't know that you want to live in fear per se, but I think there's something, some value about having uh I suppose having a common enemy. I don't know if that's the way to phrase it, but right, right. But maybe there's something to that. Yeah, and I'm also thinking like if we alienate half of the people we've offshored or manufacturing to, I can't help but think we would have to rely on domestic product more than we used to. You know, all of our main outsources right now are entertainment and technology for the most part. Yeah. Our industrial economy is like three times smaller than that of China's. Is that the case? Wow, I've never heard that stat before, but I wouldn't uh I wouldn't be surprised if that's correct. Pretty much everything's made in China. You try to for for a while there and I'm not saying if I have a choice, like I'll I'll aim to buy American where I can, but if you try to go right. full boycott of of Chinese products which especially during the the Corona heyday, I was I was right. trying that at least as much as I could. Everything is made there. Except yeah. for, you know, yeah. like your food or whatever. But if you're buying, you're buying basic uh, consumables that are non-food, pretty much everything's made there. It was, it's completely ridiculous. Yeah, it honestly really surprised me that after COVID, we didn't do like some serious auditing of our books with exports and imports. Yeah. Because the majority of our medical supplies manufactured to deal with the COVID pandemic were coming directly from what's essentially international enemy. Yeah. <laughs> so stupid <laughs> they have to be wanting to destroy us why else would we be in a situation like that the outcome is so foreseeable yeah have you guys uh have you guys heard of ron oons no i don't no, know the he name. says something called the ron, uh the oons report and he's pretty vetted oh, in, like, the uns academia. report is it oons? I, I, i've heard it pronounced oons but i heard it from an irish guy so maybe he just pronounced it funny <laughs> have i been but, saying um, this incorrectly for like i thought years? it was oons Oh no, I felt I feel retarded. Live chat, <laughs> let me know how this is how this is written phonetically. But he floated this really interesting idea because I guess there's people in Trump's cabinet who had been theorizing on the optimal way to avoid accountability for sabotage in the economy of an of a adversarial nation. And uh since two thousand eight, there was somebody like since two thousand eight, I can't remember the guy's name, but he was writing papers on how a non-lethal virus would be the optimal way to not be held accountable for shutting down the economy of an adversarial nation. And then mm. you look at all of the places that got infected with the most lethal strain of COVID first. It was Wuhan. Was a tra that's a transportation hub in China. And then you look at the political class of Iran, and those were the main people you saw on television, you know, coughing their lungs out over COVID. So you look at all the people who got affected first, it happened to be all of the people that would be of interest to catch that infection first. Well, yeah, they were just of all the, the lockdowns and restrictions that China had, they seemed to be flying people straight out of Wuhan with relative ease. Why mm -hmm. is that? Yeah. And Un's actually folks the idea that COVID was, yes, it was made in a lab, but it was made by the United States 
oh, as I, a means of crippling the economy of our adversaries. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think we're about an inch away from learning that's the case. Or I, I, I wonder if there's some degree of, and maybe this is what you mean, uh, so f- feel free to interject if I'm mischaracterizing, but some degree of cooperation between certain uh, U.S. entities and certain Chinese entities who had a common interest in ousting the administration at the time and uh, figured they would work together to try to usher in a new one that would be more friendly to their operation. Yeah, and that's something that Oons kind of puts forward, that it's likely that if this was the case, Trump likely was not in on it. And uh, the people who had been writing papers on this, you know, there's stuff that was coming out of the Pentagon in 2019, 2018, talking about pandemic preparedness, specifically with a coronavirus yeah. structure. I, uh, it's just I, uh, it's very interesting where got infected first and that the wet market theory doesn't seem to hold any water. Mm, yeah, well, yeah. that's because you haven't looked at the uh, raccoon dog data. Once you right, see right. that, you're going to be convinced. <laughs> yep. And of course, the pangolins. Those yes. Damn pangolins. That's how I learned what a pangolin <laughs> is. Not a penguin, a pangolin. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah that's first. right. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we got to close up here, but uh, any any last uh, thoughts before we let you go? All right. Um, if your day today had a color, what color would it be? My day today? Yeah. Like, how did your day go expressed as a color? It was a red day. I had a lot of oh. anger today. Wow. A uh, lot. <laughs> I, I'm going to pick gray, but that's a really weird choice because that implies that, that implies I hope you're sad. Doing all right, Matt. No, but the thing is, like, when I say I'm at a crossroads in my life, I mean that. Everything in my life is like the phases are very distinct. Certain events happen and then things just switch very quickly and very drastically. Mm. And the death of this dog, I think, is part of one of those phases. There are a lot of things. There are a lot of other moving pieces in my life right now that uh, I think are going to cause some significant change in the coming year. So there's there's great sadness in a certain loss. And then there's great optimism right. or excitement about some other developments that I think are in play and that I think are, are really great. So it's a weird time it's to be, to be kind of right. mourning and excited. And that's yeah. why I picked yeah. gray, even though gray sounds like a terrible representation of that. What else do you pick though? Right. I, I could go with turquoise cause it's blue, but exciting, you know, blue, right, but right. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. The uh, dog will really get to you. Like, what's uh, all right. Yeah. Before we let you go, what's your color? What's your color of the day? Um, Probably like an army green. Been feeling kind of gritty today. I just had a root canal done yesterday, so I took, took the day of work off today. Kind of just been recovering from that. And every every corporate body I deal with, that has to do with my health, is extremely incompetent. So I didn't get the script for the painkillers I needed. So I've kind of just been raw dogging it. Oh my god! Um, is, I don't. Yeah, what do you do? Third world you, you, country. You take, what is? Yeah, take a few shots of alcohol. I literally or something? have to make a phone call and like make some desk woman cry in order to get the services oh, yeah. I was promised. It <laughs> yeah. like when I show up. Yeah. All right. Well, but, uh, uh, good I luck hope with your day that. Man. Gets a little more yellow, Matt. I hope oh you well, thank you. Day. I hope you get uh, a little bit more of like a highlighter green. Even though I do like <laughs> olive <laughs> yeah. drab green, that's a great color choice. Yeah, muted colors are good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you, man. Yeah, of course. Okay, Wicked Masshole is up next. Wicked Masshole, are you there? Yeah, I'm right here. Hi. What's on your mind? Well, I was just thinking that uh, with this whole business uh, regarding the uh, Bud Light fiasco, mm-hmm. I'm 
think it's kind of a bummer that there doesn't seem to be a lot of uh, strategy from the right coming from anyone other than Matt Walsh. Because the strategy is either, okay, let's uh, let's just boycott them and uh, not do anything else and just say, lol, boycott, and then just forget about it. Alternatively, you have people say, eh, let's, let's not go after them there. They're donating to Republicans, so who cares? Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, why can't people just say, hey, here's what I'm thinking. Just say, hire a person in your PR department who's a Republican so they can stop woke stuff from coming out. And so you'll be on permanent probation, but you should be fine, you know? Because, as Matt Walsh says, they do, in fact, uh, have a rather right-wing demographic. So, I mean, they're uniquely vulnerable to this sort of thing, as evidenced by them putting out the ad trying to misdirect. Because... Usually the companies just ignore it because it doesn't matter. But yeah, I I haven't seen everything he's said. I I do follow him on Twitter. So I I think I have a good gauge of what his position is on this. And I've seen him fighting back against the idea of, well, if you hate Bud Light for this, you have to hate Coors. You have to hate, I don't know, whoever else are the big players in the beer world. I don't know who it's owned by whom, but let's say Coors, Miller, whatever. Uh, They might all be the same company for all I know. But the point is just because Coors uh, the, the the logic that he's fighting is, well, Coors did a big LGBT pride thing a year or two ago, so you can't boycott Bud Light without boycotting Coors and all the rest. And his point is, no, uh, if you want to fight with the tactics that these people have uh, established as fair game, you have to pick a target and you have to claim the scalp. It does not matter if it is uh, yeah. perfectly consistent or perfectly principled. And of course, uh, in a perfect world, I I would like to... Well, I would like for companies to stick to their lane and say, we make a good beer. That's it. But if we're going to enter this culture war thing um, and we're going to have every and we're going to have leftist influence trying to take down every institution, whether it's a business or school or whatever else that steps out of line. If you want to fight back with that, you're going to have to fight back through some of these these methods, even if they're not perfectly consistent or principled. But I don't know that there's anything wrong with that. You don't owe Bud Light your money. Frankly, yeah. I don't give Bud Light my money anyway, but I understand that some people do, and that's fine. There's nothing. Um, this is not like going to Bud Light headquarters and vandalizing their property. Okay, this is mm-hmm. just saying I'm going to abstain from consuming your product, and every consumer has that right. You don't have to sit there and think, "Oh God, we got a <laughs> a terrible two freak out in the neighbor no. room." So I apologize if you can hear that. It's been a and rough it, it night. Was, that wasn't but a squeaky I heard chair. Nothing. Yeah. It's uh, it's hopefully it'll be quiet enough. But um, but anyway, I'm uh, the, the point I'm making is as a consumer, you don't have to be perfectly principled and consistent with every consumer choice that you make. You decide I, I want to buy this product for this reason or not. And and I think that if, if we're going to get some of these cultural wins, you got to exercise that. So yeah. uh, is he advocating for things beyond just a committed boycott or is there is there something else to his plan? Uh, I'm not uh, familiar with it. I'm actually doing research for it because I want to pump out a video on the topic. Mm-hmm. But what, what so far what I've seen from him is he's just saying, oh yeah, we need to, we can't back off on this because they're uniquely vulnerable. And I agree. But in They're my uniquely what? Vulnerable. Oh, right. Because, you know, if Starbucks gets a boycott from the right, I don't think they're going to care that much. Yeah, but... th- that was kind of the counterpoint to the to the Don Jr. point, because Don Jr. was saying, well, don't don't be mean to these guys because they support conservative politicians generally. Yeah, but the other side of that is all the more reason they should be held accountable to their exactly. quote unquote demographic. 
uh, yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with that more. If they're going to align themselves with certain values and then betray those values, they probably ought to be held to account on that more than a company like the Starbucks, as you reference, where it's like, yeah. yeah, I get it. You came from downtown Seattle. I know what you're about. As if this isn't bad enough. The thing about beer is that with the cheap beer, the only difference is marketing. So again, it, there are easy replacements. So that's what makes them even more uniquely vulnerable yeah. because it's easy to switch. Like, let's say hypothetically, you know, YouTube decides they don't like it. What are you going to do? Boycott YouTube? I mean, yeah, there's Rumble, but a lot of people are on YouTube. But it, it's like, ooh, build your own Twitter, you know, all this sort of thing. But with beer, you, you there's just some switch. other options. Yeah. Exactly. We it's, need to bully them all the way exactly until the they're same. making cans that say trannies are gay on the can. <laughs> like, uh, no more trannies. Boo trannies. I'll buy that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't really. I mean, Man, no, that, I would, that would be the day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I, that's the thing is, uh, I, I ideally, I also don't want my politics affirmed by every product I buy. I don't. That's I, I want a good product. I just, if I'm a beer consumer, sell me a good beer at a fair price. And sure, you can have some edgy marketing. Bud's marketing back in the day was great. They had the like the Budweiser frogs. They had the Clydesdale horses. There's nothing yep. inherently political about it. There's a lot of creativity uh, on the frog side and then sort of classic Americana on the Clydesdale horse side. But man, I, um, I would like to know the truth of how this Mulvaney can emerged. Who was the person who made that decision? How was it cleared? It was that that woman did an interview. She was like some head of marketing. She's the one definitively who did it. I'm under that impression, but okay. maybe they're just putting it on her. I mean, clearly a, a hierarchy of people have agreed with her decision. She didn't unilaterally make this decision. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah. They, they were missing out on the millennial demographic, and they think that we're all retards, apparently. That was uh, part of Don Jr.'s point, too, is don't punish the whole company for the decision of like some idiot in marketing. But to your point, whole- maybe that's not what it was. Maybe this was a chain of command assessed by many people who thought this was a good idea. We don't know. Well, Nobody has the, the power to make a apologize. decision like that. Yeah. Sorry, uh, what were you saying? We the whole company should apologize. They can just, you know, they can undo that. They can say, oh, yeah, sorry about that. And uh, now we're not going to do that anymore. I think and they're afraid. That's why they released that statement that was that didn't really say anything. Salad. Because if they apologized, they're going to get the pitchfork mob 10 times worse. They're going to get the trans activist pitchfork mob. And yeah, but were they buying Bud Light? Well, I, I don't know. See, that's the thing is I doubt they were buying it, but I also know that their methods are way more underhanded. The thing about, I think, your your Matt Walsh type boycotter is they will they will be a moral actor insofar as all they will do is not buy your product. They will not actually sabotage your company. Oh, if, yeah. if you go too far with the pitchfork, like piss off the right Antifa mob. They're going to actually sabotage uh, your company. Like I, I think you're risking potentially vandalism or physical safety or those sorts of things. Whereas the Matt Walsh people, they're just you're just risking sales. You're not actually risking property damage, physical safety, things like that. So you're saying we need to take it up a notch. <laughs> I, mean, I don't want to be Antifa, but I also don't want to be under the the thumb of Antifa. So it's a it's a real. It's a real predicament I've found myself in over the last few years. Also, for the record, that was a joke. I know, but (laughs) we talk about it sincerely on this show all the time. It's like, if you want to beat Antifa, you got to be Antifa, you know? Ain't that the truth? Get your mask. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, well, thanks for the call. Did you have anything else to say before we let you go? Uh, I was just saying that some people were comparing the boycott of Bud Light to what all the left-wingers did with regards to Hogwarts Legacy, the game. Oh, and yeah. I think that's a little bit of a ridiculous comparison, given that they were harassing all the streamers and generally making a lot of trouble. Yeah, and I don't know like the extent said, to when to that went to, because I didn't pay attention closely to that. But I get that it was just it trans was activists mad that J.K. Rowling was associated with a video game. That was it. Yeah, everybody who streamed it was getting all sorts of harassment. Oh, God. They weren't happy about it. It was a whole problem. Oh, well, that's a story for another day, I suppose. I can't right. believe I'm on team J.K. Rowling now. But <laughs> well, you have to be. I mean, you have to be on team men are men and women are women. That's a base level premise. The bar is ludicrously low. Yeah. I know. It is so low. Anyway. All right. Thanks for the call, man. And of course, thanks for your support for the show. You're welcome. Thank you for having Have me. Good night. Bye-bye. Goodbye. New Beezer is up next. New Beezer, are you there? Hi. Yes. Uh, having a nice little discussion with uh, Dangerous Spaces about the differences between uh, voting procedures in Australia and Canada and the U.S. Ah. I only know about the U.S. The rest of you guys are communist countries, and we're basically one, but not yet. Yeah. Well, the, the one <laughs> that we, we were making was uh, that the idea of showing government ID, like, that that is completely normal. Everybody has to show government ah, ID in order to vote. You do that in Canada. Yep. Is that universal province? Is it all provinces or is that something that's decided province by province or how does it work? I'm pretty sure it's it's the entire country, but uh, don't quote me on that because I've never voted in any other jurisdiction other than my own province. But uh, Ontario, for example, absolutely. Yep. You have to show that's government issued ID. If you were in Alberta or something, my my understanding is the Albertas of the world are more conservative in their views. But if you're in Ontario, you are, I assume, among all the progressives who would view voter ID as racist or some other flaw oh, for yeah, some we, other reason. Uh, it doesn't seem to have uh, taken hold. I guess we implemented it before they they got up upset, like before people got obsessed with it. But I do mm-hmm. remember times that uh, the like my university newspaper was like one in my first year, they were demanding that all cops wear body cams. And then two years later, they were demanding that all body cams be taken off because too yeah. many people of color were getting uh, yeah. indicted. So there, there is definitely some oddities. There. Yeah. That's the same thing that happened with that Denver shooting. No more cops on campus. And there's a shooting. Why aren't there cops on campus? <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> right. how these things happen. Yeah. Uh, the, there is one thing that I'm, I'm wondering or like this might be considered like a black pill or or what have you, but mm-hmm. seeing like uh, you know the I think it was Wisconsin that that Supreme Court uh, the the recent election between mm-hmm. a conservative and a, a a Democrat that was pretty pro-abortion. Like they, they were both like kind of campaigning on that issue, as far as I could tell. Mm-hmm. Um, you know when. Uh, back in like 2016 or when Trump first got elected, everybody was all the all the media heads were all scratching their heads saying, uh, how could this possibly be? Uh, we just don't understand. And and like the, that feeling of helplessness and being so disconnected. I'm concerned that we might be in the same area when it comes to things like abortion. Yeah. And that would be very uh, disheartening to me if that's if that's true if it's actually that oh no no the the vast majority of the actual population 
believes that it's it's that yeah having a get out of jail free card that i can kill my own kid is a worthwhile thing to have and i will vote for that oh i i will acknowledge that i think um i think i underestimated the degree to which these progressives care about that um that said i've had an abortion that's really what <laughs> maybe that's why they have to well yeah it. but that, that's the progress the, the true blue progressives i'm talking yeah. the average joe and jane just run of the mill person. yeah even like you're you're kind of uh halfway paying attention independent voter type person yeah yeah i honestly think it's just about politeness yeah it may be there's a lot of uh politeness cred in saying well i would never do it but who am i to say what my neighbor shouldn't should shouldn't do and i say that of course with full acknowledgement that i used to be one of uh, the members of that club but then you think about it it's like well clearly there are areas in which you would intervene in your neighbor's behavior right. if your neighbor is murdering his wife in the kitchen you don't say well who am i to intervene in their private affairs i mean and if, don't you, you know that? that's a privacy right yeah I mean, they, and they if were you're doing reason- it in the privacy of their own home and th- that should be a decision and, between them and their doctor yeah. <laughs> and, it, and if the response is you don't have a privacy right to murder correct and uh here we are at the abortion debate uh carry that premise through um, yeah, but, but yeah, uh, and I, I, at the same time though, I'm not very sympathetic to conservative or, or Republican strategists who seem to think that conservatives or Republicans should hide from their views on being pro-life because it might be electorally unpopular. Right. It, oh no, the, this isn't like a, a desire to tell people to, Oh, don't do this. I, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not I saying you think that I know it, it's yeah. the idea that, Oh, uh, I, I will never change in my opinion on, on this issue. However, it's a black pill because when you it's coming to the realization that there are a lot of people who are so fundamentally dissimilar to you on that yeah. basis. Like now one hope could be that they're it, that they're just like, oh, I've never actually really stepped through the process of determining, well, why is this right or wrong? Mm-hmm. And so the point that you made earlier, though, you might be right that there are kind of a lot of halfway paying attention uh, normies, so to speak, who probably could. Th- I think Blonde's right that the reason they hold the position that they do is because there's a certain politeness <clears throat> factor that goes along with it. If you can shift culture to the reverse position that, no, it's actually quite polite to protect life. It's quite yeah, polite exactly, to yeah. value life that you might be able to move a lot of those people who are really, they're not thinking about it in a principled way. They're thinking about it in a way that says, well, what will be, what will make me appear pleasant to my friends? Exactly. And yeah. Once you shift the Overton window to such a high degree, then all of these people just fall into line. Can you imagine if everybody in society was a free thinker, it would be a disaster. We There'd need be a- 95% sheep that are just following social norms. Otherwise it's just going to be too difficult to move anything in any which way. Yeah. There'd be a lot of sitting around <clears> talking <throat> and uh, I will fully admit that I would be part of that problem. So much talking. Oh, well on the plus side, if, if you're dealing with government, if they sit around talking all the time and never actually accomplish anything, that means that they never you know, make new laws to get in your way. Yeah, that's true. One yeah. can dream. We need to get back to that. Uh, More bureaucracy. That, that no, just yeah, more. That, that makes me feel dirty just saying that. Yeah. More checks and balances that carry consequences for betraying. Checks and balances yeah. hasn't saved us from the current predicament. Uh, just no, one last thing. Oh, you sorry. can draw a direct line of correlation between fewer TNFs 
and more betrayals of the constitutional system. So that's true. More TNFs, more big bird costumes. Oh, tar and feather. Ah, okay. There needs to be Uh, consequences for betraying the the rules, betraying the checks and balances. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. You know, like a thousand people thought you were just talking about titty fucking. I know, but that's why I like TNF (laughs) because it sounds loosely sexual, but it's not. At okay. least not strictly. Anyway, uh, sorry. Uh, closing thought for me. <laughs> <Ew. laughs> um, yeah, no, just the one last thing I wanted to bring up. We're still looking for maybe uh, one or two more people. If anybody's interested in the uh, Warhammer 30,000 uh, game uh, that we're that I'm trying to set up. So All if right. anybody's interested, uh, message me and let me know. All right. Well, thank you uh, for the call. And again, that's a new Beezer on the Discord server if you'd like to get involved in Warhammer 3000, right? 30,000. 30,000. One more zero. Sorry. All right. Have a good night, man. You too. Bye. Okay. We have some chats to get to. And uh, we're apparently having some sort of nuclear toddler meltdown. I don't hear anything. Well, my wife has uh, done the, the stream, the service of removing him from the adjacent room where he sleeps in the interest of preserving quiet, but I'm going to give her, I don't the think go-ahead. anybody heard anything. I'm going to give her the go ahead to just move him in there and, and we'll suffer through it. And if it uh, becomes a burden, I will figure it out from there. Um, but, uh, so thanks for your patience. And, um, I don't know. I'll have to get, uh, it's a very frustrating time for like child discipline. He's not, ver- I can't tell him to please be quiet. He, you that's can't not- discipline him. I know. I was like, what am I supposed to do? I have to just try to get him to bed and that's about all I can do. Emmeline on the other hand. Ah, well now it's lesson teaching time. I know she's been like spitting at me and slapping me. Spitting? Yeah. You better get that under control. You don't want her spitting well, on the wrong person. I um have been teaching her when I brush her teeth to like spit in my hand and it was a bad thing. I never should have started that. So now I catch her like spitting on the ground like a Chinese person inside the house. I'm like, stop doing that. <laughs> spitting on the ground. Yeah. All right. Well, that's good luck with that one. Oh, you're, you'll be law. right oh, here. You. you just wait. Everyone's like, not my kid. And then like I talk to them when they have a three year old and they're like, I want to kill myself. This is terrible. Over on Rumble, uh, Matt and I once made love after uh, this is uh, JD1492, by the way. Matt and I once made love after tennis and ceviche. What's what's that? It is a um, seafood, a cold seafood dish. Okay, with Rob. Soon after, Rob was canceled and replaced with Dylan Mulvaney as the fresh new face of conservatism. Well, it won't be long enough. It's the most goddamn faggy thing you've ever seen. How long until Dylan Mulvaney is strolled out at the RNC? I give it 10 years. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, we're good on uh, Rumble if you want to catch us up on YouTube and Tippy. Sure. Tippy. Tippy. Oops. With too oh, many E's. How many E's does it have? I think it has three consecutively. I'm going to email those weird Europeans who run it and say, you got to cut down on this. It's weird to type. No. Tippy with two E's was taken. Um, hold more. I truth seekers. If we really must relive the 70s inflation problem with Iran, threats of nuclear war, can't we at least get a good Star Wars movie? You know the answer to that. Uh, have you watched Titanic yet? We're two thirds of the way through it. Cause oh my God, it is so long. I had to break it up because yeah, it's kind of a, it's a whole ordeal. Um, yeah, to get uh, a Star Wars revival would be great, but 
I don't know. I mean, I, I I love Star Wars so much that I will be I'm willing to put up with a lot of crap. But I am out after the whole Gina Carano thing. Oh, that's that, right. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I I was out on Mandalorian after that, so I've not watched the new season. I've not watched Obi Wan. Disney, I. <sighs> It's getting really tough. What's greater, my love of Star Wars or my hatred of Disney? And in the moment, hatred of Disney is winning. So, but I don't know. I, I, I could, I could come back to Star Wars if the right uh, people get control of it and and make a good product. I just love the Star Wars universe and everything about it. But oh, I know. I, I love these stories where they, they transport you to another universe. I've been revisiting Harry Potter recently, and it was such like a fun time, nostalgic time. Yeah. Why can't we even get back to that level of storytelling? It would be so incompetent. All right. Well, we just have to rehash old ideas. And I guess that's here I am arguing that they should revive Star Wars. But we also need new ideas for great stories. Anyway, I'm I'm, uh, I'm just texting my wife to put him down and we'll deal with it. Just put him down. Find the vet that did your parents' dog. <laughs> just put him down. Apparently did a great job. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Too soon. Uh, Bill Biz. No, you, Matt, you always excellent. have to be able to laugh. You have to maintain. I that. guess so. Yeah. Laugh or you'll cry. Um, excellent video on mob looting, Matt. It's really clown world when you hear politicians depict the looters as victims or disadvantaged youth. Well, thanks for uh, the kind words. Yeah, it. Uh, those scenes in Chicago over the weekend were pretty nuts. And then the scenes in, in L.A. too. Uh, I think. It is hilarious. The guy in Chicago talking about how it's all Walmart's fault that they're leaving town because they're getting looted out of business and saying, Walmart, it's your fault that our communities like the investment. Dude, who is going to bring money into your town when it's going to be a yeah. money pit? And not not only are they going to lose money, they might get shot walking out of work. <laughs> it's yeah. a physical danger. It's not just an investment thing. You have to make communities worth investing in. And and that otherwise no one invests in them and they just continue to get worse. What do you think is going to yeah, happen? They, yeah, exactly. know, they, they know this. I mean, they do. I don't know, man. The the finger pointing in Chicago still it's your fault for leaving. I, I mean, OK, I'll I'll I just want can we get 50 percent accountability? Can we just say like, yeah, this looting shit is bad and I get why people would want to leave. But give us another chance. No. Instead, it's all your fault. That's the reasoning. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, a zebra. I was sacrificed so blonde could wear that shirt. No zebras were killed in the making of this shirt. However, I am selling my beloved leopard jacket, Oleg Cassini jacket. The one you wore in the stream the other night? I was wearing. I thought there was like a. Weren't you wearing some kind of shirt with big cats on it? No, I haven't. I have a jacket, like a fur jacket that actually is an endangered species of leopard oh it's legit leopard hide or whatever the term is yes and it's illegal to sell it on ebay huh um it's an ole cassini cropped mid-length cut size medium ish leopard jacket with a mink collar and i've decided to let go of it and let a new owner had it for about 10 years okay how much for that plus the toe oh plus the toe uh I love that too. Fifteen hundred dollars. Fifteen hundred. Yeah, okay. I'll sell the jacket for five hundred. It's the toe that's the the bulk of that deal, huh? I bought that toe for two hundred dollars. It's my prized possession. I'm not letting go of it for less than seven hundred. Has the toe market? Has the toe value greatly increased? Is Have you ever walked into an antique store and you've seen a toe? A no, I toe? I can't even believe it's legal to buy. To be honest, but that's just that's just me. It's my prized possession. So email me at blonde in the belly of the beast at gmail.com if you are interested in said jacket um nicholas h sorry about your dog 
When your second dog goes, it can be an incredible character builder and learning experience for your son if handled properly. I don't know yeah. why I thought this was going to be a joke. Right? No, I, I, I agree that it, it probably will be his first exposure. If all things go to plan, and they may not, but if all things go to plan, it will be his first. You heard that one? I, oh, yeah, I heard that. <laughs> yeah. Poor that's little what guy. That's what we're dealing with tonight. Um, well, I don't know. Maybe he'll scream himself to death before we ever cross this bridge by the sound of it. So anyway, thank you for the kind words. And I agree that uh, it will, you got to find opportunity and meaning in everything. And there will be opportunity and meaning in that as well. Um, Let's just do a few more Sherman, the dog. At least I live my life with the Christiansons. had a lefty raise me. They probably would have given me pills and tried to name me. (laughs) He had a good life. Yeah. Nobody tried to trans him. So that's all a dog can really ask for. Uh, one more for right now. Jeff Sloat. Question for Blonde. My wife wants to know, what does your husband think about all the thirsty comments in the chat? My husband is not of this world. He doesn't know or understand what I do. Hmm. And my sexual market value just makes him more, there's like more pride of ownership for him. It's like when people tell you you have a nice car, it just makes him feel like he's done well in life. Um, but because he's so tall and handsome, oh, I don't think that he's ever been threatened by a man, another man. Like I, ah, I see. And he's not particularly jealous either. Um, you know, when you're married and you have a kid and you financially rely on each other, jealousy kind of just goes out the window because it's like, which one of us wants to destroy each other's lives? for the two seconds of banging somebody else or whatever. Who was going to do that? Like it just would be an insane thing to do. He knows blonde won't step out of line because he has all the blonde texts and anyone who has all the blonde texts can ruin blonde in an instant. I think. I don't know that there's anything I've said in private conversation that if it got out, it would ruin (laughs) me. Right. What, what could they even say? Uh, yeah, I don't know that I'm hanging on to a lot of ammunition, but I don't know. Anyway, We'll circle back to you guys. All right. Thank you guys for the chance. We'll come back to them at the top of the hour. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. Carj African American up next. And uh, <laughs> if if anything about this, I'm going to leave my mic unmuted. If anything becomes like over the top loud with oh, this screaming. Oh, it's fine. Just I can barely hear. Carj African. Yeah. What's on your mind? Hey, nothing much. Um, so I thought I'd help Blonde out by doing some math using the Crime Data Explorer from the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Mm. Uh, I did some math. You can double check it, but I think I did it right in terms of adjusting for population percentage. Did you call and we talked about this uh, a little while back? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Never mind. Somebody called um, and talked about this with us like two weeks ago. I think I actually sent an email to Matt on this at one point, and I told him um, I think I sent him the math on it, but these are actually different statistics that I wanted to go over. This is using 2020's FBI statistics mm-hmm. and the 2020 census. Uh, so I did the math, and right now, when it where we stand in the U.S. is about 4.485 murders with a gun per hundred thousand in terms of population, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Um, if, let's say, the population were to skew 100% uh, uh, 
not um how do i word this caucasian yeah that's the word uh <laughs> we right. would have it at 2.58 per hundred thousand okay if it were to skew in uh african-american it would be 7.94 uh, i shot someone with a gun Per hundred thousand or sorry <clears throat> i did that I, I i read the wrong number wrong 18 it would be 18 18 per okay 000. so just to recap really really quick the overall rate is four and a half five the white uh, rate is 4.5 about okay. and the so, other one the, is 18 the other one is 18 yes and this is the way that you do uh, the way i did this math which someone can double check is, is that I a 400 percent increase you're uh you're saying that the, would, the black rate is about 10 times higher than the white rate correct no. it's 4.5 to 18 right well 4.5 is the overall 4.5 oh, okay. is the yeah. overall right now with guns. If it were to be um, all African-American in this country with the current statistics that we have following the trend that we have for that community, it would be 18. So you would see uh, over, I think, four times, if I'm correct in that mm -hmm. math. I'm doing that off the top of my head. I don't have the calculator on me. Uh, but, and this is the interesting part, is it would obviously go down in the other direction but when you do the math i, I decided i wanted to compare this to let's uh european countries and mm -hmm. since european countries don't have guns i didn't want to do it off of guns so then i did it with just murders in general <clears throat> doing it with murders in general we have 6.5 murders per hundred thousand in the u.s as of 2020 um that was kind of a high crime rate time but mm -hmm. you can i think they're going to be updating or they're updated soon in the fbi and everything for 2021 i did the math for whites and it would be uh 3.7 okay per uh hundred thousand which would cut it pretty much uh from 6.5 to 3.7 not quite half but lower uh and then if it were in the other direction, African-American, it would be 25.8 per 100,000. So there's a lot of murders beyond even the gun murders is what you're saying. Um, yeah. Well, actually, that would put us in terms of in terms of murders that would put us above Colombia and just below Angola. <laughs> oh, my the only, God. The only comfort I find in that is there's no way Colombia is telling the truth. Come on. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But I, I don't doubt that mm -hmm. it's up there with some very unsafe places. Yeah. Slightly below Mexico. Ah, so head to Juarez for safety. Yeah. Um, or slightly below Mexico? or Okay, never mind. Stay stay in uh, El Paso. Because El Paso that, should be safer, but barely is what you're saying. Yes. And yeah. it, it's, it doesn't just go that way with African Americans. It goes that way with uh, uh, Latino and stuff like that as well. Asians mm -hmm. are good. Asians don't... Um, Asians would actually make even better than Asians uh, only Caucasians. get murdered. They don't murder. Yes. And <laughs> yeah. if they do the matter, funniest, if they do murder, watch out because they have knife ninja skills and stuff. The funniest thing looking at the FBI crime statistics is they actually do have a section for hate crime. Yeah. Uh, I don't trust it at all, though, because I'm looking at like perpetrators and victims and I'm I'm not using any statistical analysis here. I'm just using the feel, you mm -hmm. know. And the amount of perpetrators that are of a certain race and the amount of victims that are a certain race doesn't make any sense 
because I've seen a video of a guy going, I hate Asians, and then hitting <laughs> yeah. him so hard. I believe it killed him. Is that correct? I don't think he died. I think they just beat an old man. I can't remember if he died mm. or not, but I, I remember I the incident in San Francisco. I think there was one Francisco. where he died. He might, he might have. I'd have to go revisit. But The old did, man. He died. He, he yeah. was the can collector. Did they no, kill him? No, not that guy. That guy was fine. That guy was not fine, but he was alive. The can collector is the one they said, <laughs> I hate Asians, N-word. That it was that was the can collector guy, and they hit him with his own little can grabber thing. Why? What could they possibly? But have anyways, um, you know, I don't know. You can scream social economic factors a lot if you feel like it, and maybe I'd be inclined to agree because I've grown up in some white trash towns that are very dependent on welfare, mm-hmm. and it does reflect. I wouldn't say one to one with that, but it does have a reflection. Um, all I wanted to say though, I just wanted to maybe put that out there and ask you guys, do you think that this is solely based off of their, the culture and maybe the welfare system and the fatherlessness in the household? Or do you think maybe there's something else that, I mean, you know, IQ is also a statistic and I could try to account for that, but no, those tests are also racist. There are a lot of dumb white people that don't commit crime. Like Appalachia is very safe, and those people are inbred hick cousin effers, and they don't commit crime. Don't they have kind of a a higher crime rate? It's not on the scale of like. It's slightly higher than the average white community, but it's way lower than the average black community. Um, And I'm sure their average IQ out there is like 90. That's only one standard deviation below average, though. I mean, if if you. If the question is like, uh, are there factors to fix this? Yeah. Fathers in the homes will, I don't know if let's put, let's say improve fathers in the homes will certainly improve by a lot. That's a, that's a major factor here. Uh, I don't, I guess to, to your point though, let's say that you got, you, you fixed every single family, every father was present, uh, or at least I suppose present on par with other demographics. Am I convinced that, all of their crime rates would equalize. If you could eliminate every other variable, would the crime rates equalize? I, I don't know that they would. Um, that I don't. I don't take any joy in saying that. It's not like I'm happy to see that be the case. But I have to acknowledge the reality that the stats are what they are. I hope for improvement. I think there are values and behaviors that could improve this. But how much of it is uh, is just kind of I don't know. What's the word I'm looking for? Just, well, it just is they, what it is. They're continuously in every society. They behave as, as our selected species. Like they always have tons of children, but low investment in the, in the individual child. And that creates like a, just a shittier culture. It just, it just creates a worse culture. Well, so, and I did, I did want to mention, I wanted to ask one more question and then, mention one other thing i did also notice this large thing that said uh like unknown unknown Mm -hmm. race when it came to the statistics and so i dug into it a little further and then i did the the math for murder rates based off of unsolved murders following the trends in the area in terms of racial discrepancies for Mm -hmm. that area so like these typically unsolved murders they're 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 in they're in densely populated areas of certain areas of the country. Um, when you account for those unsolved murders, 
and how they relate to the statistics, you start to see a murder rate in a, the United States that competes likely, competes with most of Europe. Well, those the unsolved murders would um, also skew towards more minority populations because police invest fewer resources into like lower yes. classes of people that's, that are murdered. So like a black well, prostitute. That's why. Uh, what was that? That um, serial. Well, that's was? that's what I'm saying is when you account for the fact I'm just going to be blunt with it. When you account for the fact that a lot of these unsolved murders are gang related. Right. Um, right, right. Then you start to realize, <clears> oh, <throat> A lot of this unknown is more than likely going to skew this way based off of that area's already seen trends. Oh, I see what you're saying. I was just saying you couldn't extrapolate from like the, the population data, even if it was mostly minorities doing the murders, because it would be even more likely that it would be yeah. more minorities doing those murders. So Yes, that's what I that's what I came to realize and I did the math with, and we'd be competitive with lots of uh European nations, we'd probably be on par with Canada, uh, if not better. And you can do the math yourself, at least. Not, I had to do some digging for the local areas that had a lot of the unsolved murders and the FBI statistics. Yeah. But the other question I had to ask of you is, what risks, what, okay, what, what, what risk would you be willing to let someone immigrate into the U.S. in terms of murder rates and violence? If Ooh. you saw the fact that a population of certain people was, I don't know, let's say, do the math, five times more likely to commit a murder, yeah. would you ever bring them into your country? No, of course not. Moratorium on immigration, period. But then why why is it so bad to bring up this topic when it comes to the people that are already in your country? Because people will just call you racist. It's not actually bad. I mean, uh, I'm just saying it's risky from like a social perspective. <clears throat> okay i just wanted to to uh go with that thank you guys for hearing me out sorry if i sound kind of weird i've i worked all day no, you're, you're oh, cool. no it's okay thanks for uh thanks the, for the information on the data i appreciate it no problem take care yeah that one serial killer was it was his name sam smith or something sam i little. thought that was the fat guy tranny singer sam little oh uh how many he killed like how many victims he killed so many black prostitutes and like no one gave a shit well how many of those were fraudulent blowies was this a trans incident it was not he killed oh. 93 women between 1970 and 2005 they were all black prostitutes so was this just a thing that he enjoyed he would uh well he was a serial killer and then he realized that like none of these people were being investigated did, so did, like, i guess what i'm saying is i assume he solicited the services of these women before executing them is that how oh, this yeah. worked? Yeah. So it was just some kind of thing that he enjoyed. I yep. I enjoy a prostitute's company before I kill her. That was his thing? No. I mean, I think that he didn't care about the sex. I think he just like really liked to murder oh. and rape, I'm sure. Or maybe they were all just really bitchy prostitutes. He couldn't find the right one. 93. Yeah. Well, 93 of them. Might want to give up at that point. When did? Wait, so real quick before we move on. When did he stop killing them? In 19 or 2005. And that's because he was caught or did he retire from the field? I, I think he confessed. Oh, he just got bored of it. I've had enough. Well, I had I a good killed run. 93 bitches. I'm done. I set the record. Mm-hmm. All right. Black uh, the Ripper. Somebody just said. <laughs> Black the Ripper. Okay. Michigan expat. Are you there? 
Hey there, Matt. Hey there, Blonde. You two doing all right? Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, how are What's you doing? Okay, not too bad. Let's see here. I got like I got like four bullet points for you tonight. Oh, by the way, if you're still looking for another word to replace transition, you can always use segue. You can segue into a different segment of your show. Oh, I thought you were uh, talking about uh, like people that are transitioning. We should call them segues. Yeah, like <laughs> you can always do that too. You can always do that too. Yeah, no, but, uh, I, I, okay. I like the word transition, even though it has been co-opted to mean something else but it invites a lot more joke potential so that's True. okay i'll stick with transition for now but i will but keep segue as an option true okay so i have a i have a psa about graffiti for you well so i was driving down the freeway the other day and someone had spray painted a big old cock and balls in the center lane and all i gotta say is uh, my point is, you know, if you're going to bother vandalizing something, you know, if you're going to bother breaking the law, then, you know, actually do something that just actually makes a point like spray pay, uh, spray paint, you know, arrest Fauci or something like that, that actually has some sort of purpose to it, you know, or some beautiful uh, art. How about that? Or that, too. You could do that, too. Uh, let's <clears> see here. <throat> I'm also uh, tossing around the idea of talking to my state rep. I mean, the guy sent me a Christmas card just this past Christmas. And I found out he more or less just lives literally right down the street from me. But I'm trying to figure out how to schedule an appointment with the guy because it would probably be just weird of me just to you know drop by on his doorstep. Uh, but I mean, there there's there's there are, there are some you know there is some legislation I like to talk about with the guy. Um, for yeah, example, didn't Michigan just pass a bunch of didn't Whitmer sign a bunch of gun control stuff? Well, am I, am I wrong? Well, I, again, I live I live in the southeast, but uh, oh, I, that's I mean, right. You're you are, left Michigan. Sorry. Yes. My yeah. premise is both. Yeah. Never mind. But yeah, I mean, I live in a supposedly red state, but they're thinking of building, you know, an EV plant down here. And of course, you know, that's going to, you know, attract the wrong kind of people, um, you know, talk to the guy about, you know, exactly why EVs are going to be, you know, bad for America. Also, also kind of want to talk, you know, if I can talk to him, you know, soon, I want to talk to him about, you know, like the restrict act and stuff. Um, but n- a number of other pieces of legislation. Are you talking about your your federal rep or your state rep? State rep. State oh. rep. Yeah. All right. Um. Yeah. He'll, he'll just uh, have to it, on the Restrict Act. They're doing that federally, so I guess he'll just have to yeah. give them the finger. But. <laughs> yeah. But because uh, yeah, otherwise you know a number of other local things that have been going on. It's like you know I I went through a you know police checkpoint recently. I guess it was like a DUI checkpoint or whatever. Uh-huh. And, you know, I mean, I, I got home like an hour late because of that, that, that one night. And uh, I mean, the whole thing I hate about police checkpoints is you know, the whole concept of, you know, having to prove your innocence, you know, guilty until proven innocent, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's something, that's something I want to talk to the guy about. Um, yeah, course- yeah. There was a whole Supreme Court case about that too. I, I, I read it a long time ago, but I need to revisit that one. As far as I'm aware there, I mean, it's happening. So I assume the the answer from the court is they are constitutionally square. Um, but yeah, I mean, at some level on the other side of it, it is a, it is an assumption of guilt and it is a search without warrant. Yeah. Well, with, without a warrant or without individual suspicion of you. Yeah. Um, it's just, yeah, that, like, I, I guess, yeah, like the, a, sorry, go ahead. I like, yeah, like a lack of probable cause, right? Yeah. There, there's nothing, if you get pulled over for driving poorly, there's at least some individual action that you displayed that caused suspicion. Yeah. In the case of the checkpoint, it's just everybody has to go through this based on some presumption of guilt and proof of innocence. <clears throat> um, 
I suppose I, I suppose the way I got to go back and read the court case and see what they said. I suppose the way you get around that is this is not uh, uh, just police stopping you, stopping you and searching you as you're going about your business. To some yeah. extent, uh, not, I guess the to take to take the other side of it, the argument would be you don't have a right to drive on the road necessarily in the same way you have to have your license to do that. So I assume I assume the court is treating the roadway as something different than just say like uh, sitting in your home or walking around in the park or whatever else that I assume the logic is, is something along those lines. Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise it's like the, the one, the one last thing I, I, I actually kind of like to talk to the guy about is about making face diapers illegal, especially wearing, <laughs> wearing them in your car by yourself. Oh, yeah. like, I, mean, I, I, I told you, I told you that one story about that guy who passed out driving because he was wearing a, what a uh, retard. He could have killed car, somebody. Right? Yeah. I did. Exactly. I, I can't remember that. Exactly. He probably did tell me, but that one. Yeah. Was... But, but yeah, okay. that, you know, that, that, that is, that is, you know, like a safety hazard, you know, safety concern. Mm-hmm. Um, other, otherwise, well, uh, if I ran a store, if I, if I, let's say I, I run some convenience store in town here in my future life, or I work at any store, uh, even if I was like a risk manager at like a target or something, uh, I, I'm not allowing masks in that store for simple robbery and safety reasons. Yeah. I, that too. period. Especially if I lived in one of these places, like you know, these poor business owners in Chicago or Compton or wherever else. I'm not letting masked guys come in there and steal all my shit. And if I can't see your face on the surveillance camera, you're not coming in my store, period. It's different than making it illegal, of course, but there's there's no way I would put up with that crap as a business owner. Because, yeah, yeah, back back in the 1918 flu pandemic, I mean, burglary and robbery were problems because of face diapers. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, it's history. I mean, it's history repeating itself. Well, yeah, that a lot of that happened this time around. I remember thinking back in 2020, isn't it weird how the masked people are the good guys now? It used to be mm-hmm. someone wearing like if you're an old West bandit, what do you do? You put a handkerchief around your face yeah. so yeah. that you can't be identified. Yeah. Now, suddenly you do that and you're the good guy. And I am. Yeah the suspicious bad guy for walking around with my, my face exposed yeah. like a normal person. Yeah. And it and was a course, weird inversion. Yeah. And of course, you know, I'm just tired of those people having the, you know, the smug self satisfaction that they got to push us around for, you know, past, you know, two or three years, whatever it's been. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, uh, so yeah, I, I told, I told, you know, I told another face diaper worshiping dot, dot, dot person to go get F the other day. I mean, this is, you know, this was at the park, you know, this is outdoors, I mean, on, you know, man. people, you know, walking around because we had a, a warm snap uh, some time ago, you know, so everyone was outside because, you know, first first warm, warm day in a while. But so, you know, there's this dot, dot, dot person, you know, walking, walking right down, right, walking right down the aisle, whatever, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm like straight across from her and, you know, she is not, you know, stepping aside. She's not moving out of the way, whatever, you know, she, and she kind of just stops. And when I get clo- right close to her, you know, she just stops right in my way. And then finally... You know, I, I, so when I was approaching her, I was kind of thinking, okay, I'm going to say something to this person. What, what am I going to say? And then finally, when she just stopped right in the way, I just like, I just like, I am sticking your shit. And, that, and that's, and that's what I shouted at her. And, you know, she side, I mean, she sidestepped. I mean, she, yeah, I wasn't expecting, I wasn't expecting her to get out of the way. I wasn't expecting her to get out of the way, but, uh, I mean, so I got, I got, I got some satisfaction out of that, but I mean, I, that, that was just something I just came up with right on the fly. All right. I like it, man. I, I mean, if I could. I, I mean, if I 
I mean, if I could have ripped the damn thing off her face while I was at it, you know, I, I would have. But, you know, she she sidestepped quite quite a ways away. So and that would be but, assault. Know. I mean, you're you're yeah. you're, you're towing True. your lines properly. True. Here. So, but yeah, could, I mean, I like the enthusiasm. But yeah, any at this point, anybody still wearing a mask um, can get bent. I yeah. saw this old man like limping around in Fred Meyer today. He looked like he was just about to die and he was wearing a mask. And I still was like, <laughs> I don't care you if doing? you have cancer and AIDS and you if don't you have are your legs double and you're diabetic. cancer and super AIDS. I don't give a fuck. You take that <laughs> off for community morale. Yeah. It's All not right. going to help him die a little yeah. less. What's yeah. Nobody's saved by the mask. Come on. Yeah. What are we doing here? I mean, it's like, it's like, you, it's like, it's been three years. You've been dodging the Reaper for, for three years. You think yeah. you'd get the memo by now, you know? Yeah. Well, thanks for the call, man. I appreciate it. And uh, always All appreciate right. your enthusiasm as well. For sure. You take care. Thanks. Bye. Okay, we are due to uh, catch up with chats once more. We're good on Rumble. Let's see, where did we leave off on uh, YouTube and Tippy Stream? I know we got Sherman's chat. China says we make everything. Good luck getting getting your blood pressure meds without us, you losers. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, Everybody's here tonight. China President Zelensky. Wow. Thank you for tuning in. Please stop taking our money though. But thanks for giving at least a little bit of it back. Please shut down this show. If you and Blonde keep talking, pe- people will figure out that Trump and Biden are playing for the same team. This will totally mess up my money. <laughs> you know, uh, Seymour Hirsch, the uh, now independent reporter, but he's the guy who put out the report on. Uh, yeah, we totally did that uh, Nord Stream pipeline bullshit. He just yeah. released a, a new report in the last week or two about how and I'm not discrediting his work or his reporting because I, I think it's I mean, it's anonymously sourced. So take you got to take it with a grain of salt. But. I've enjoyed his work uh, recently. Uh, The the big revelation, Zelensky and company embezzled $400 million out of the giant money pot that we've sent them. And I'm thinking like, well, it's cool that you have specifics and I'm definitely going to look into this and I'll probably talk about it too because it's worth talking about. But as far as uh, obvious headlines, yeah, that, that, that takes the cake. But that's not, I'm not taking shots at Hirsch. We have... He's an old man with a distinct, pretty distinguished journalist, uh, journalistic career. We have entire media outlets with and Congress, for that matter, with no curiosity about audit, uh, auditing where we're sending our money yeah. in Ukraine. So I um, I look forward to learning more about that. Blonde's ass. I still get stared at even at my old age. Oh, <laughs> congratulations. Oh, good Thank for you. you. Thank you. Ted Nugent. In another life, Blonde and I would totally be married. What are your thoughts on Ted? I no, I've got nothing for him. Really? I like a I like a grizzled old man, like yeah. like Jeff Bridges. Yeah, but Jeff Bridges, uh, he was gonna. I don't want to know. Yeah. Is he some stupid libtard? I don't want to know. He is. Yeah. He ah! um, he was gonna run for Senate from Montana for a minute, and of course, you know what party he was going to <gasps> run. What about Sam Elliott? Uh, who's uh oh um sam elliott who am i thinking of who is he is Um, he the jurassic park guy no he's he was in a whole bunch of stuff oh sam elliott yeah of course how could i forget the guy from uh, 1883 and he's also in the ranch and great voice sam elliott what who did i confuse why did i think the jurassic park guy was sam elliott he's so handsome i bet he has the most pendulous balls (laughs) down to his knees um, great voice though. I really do love his voice and he was great in 1883 as well. 
Long Dong John says, I heard Dylan Mulvaney has a cameo account, but he's thinking about closing after Alex Stein trolled it. Get it while you can, boys. Hint, hint. Is that actually true? I could believe that. That's awesome. Wow. Uh, This is this is a trap by Phil. I'm on to this one, but I will read it nonetheless. Question. Would you rather watch a tree grow or a knee? Grow. Secondly, how much nothing could a dindu do if a dindu didn't do nothing? Okay. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. I, I like that. Thank you. The Negro, Negro, I'm on to because that was, uh, for whatever reason, that was a joke that people made uh, back when I was in like back high school. in the day, yeah. Yeah, like, uh, what do you need? I forget exactly the way the, the joke was phrased. What do you need if... Your mid leg joint is too small. Something you need. You, you, yeah, that's Negro. Right. I remember. Yeah. Sean remember. says, uh, wanted to wish my uncle a happy birthday tomorrow and tell you knitters. Keep up the good work. <laughs> knitters. What's that about? Keep up the good work. And you and could you please read Odyssey Super Chat? Presently, we're not able to just because I they don't give me a way to read it on demand. I have. Mm-hmm. Um, informed Odyssey that, that that would be a really useful feature. And of course, I, I would use it if I had uh, How do they I not that. have that? They have a long list of things that they want to develop and they've told me it's on the list. And I, I've informed them that it would be hugely useful to my use of the platform. But that's it. I mean, they, I know they have Indeed. a lot of things to build. So I'm not, I don't hassle them to do the work that I tell them to do right now. I like Odyssey. I think, and I think the people there are good guys. Um, but for now, regrettably, I just don't have a way to access the chats on demand. In a, I just have to see them when they come in, and I can't really accommodate that to to maintain the flow of the show. So yeah. for now, I have to, I have to just. Of course, we appreciate support on Odyssey. I just I can't read it for now. But that that could change if they roll that feature out. And Sean, perhaps they have because I haven't uh, looked at it for. The last time I talked to them about this was probably two months ago, maybe a little longer. So maybe they've updated and I haven't I haven't seen it. Uh, but if uh, if you have more information, send it my way, because I would love to read their chats. But I just can't for the for the moment. And happy birthday to your uncle. Um, oh, never mind. <laughs> I, you know. I should have known that from the start, because I actually talked about this earlier today. Tomorrow's a significant day because uh, it's my late grandmother's birthday as well. And uh, so I was thinking of that earlier today. And he, uh, she also shares a birthday with the late Adolf Hitler. And oh, wait, he didn't awesome. just say my uncle a happy birthday. Or, you know, he did. It's just what <laughs> uncle does he mean? It's Nitter me- uncle. Yeah. He, uh, who, uh, what uncle specifically, Sean, has a birthday tomorrow? Uncle A. Well, tomorrow's 420? Yeah. Whoa! Did your grandma like? Was her house filled with Nazi knickknacks, and she was just blazing all the time? No, Danish, and she, I don't think she ever smoked weed once in her life. Oh, her vice was um was romance novels, you know, with like airbrushed Fabios on the cover, <laughs> like that kind what a of cool thing. lady. Yeah. No, uh, I was thinking about her earlier today because she died in um in t- late 2017, and whenever I would go see her, she would always say, uh. Where's next my time, grandchild? Right. Next time. Well, it would have been her great grandchild. Oh, next yeah. time. <laughs> next time you need to bring uh, a nice young lady. Next time you need to. And she wasn't like hassling me. She was being very nice. I, <sighs> I want to see you have a nice family. And unfortunately, she didn't get to see that. But um, I met my wife 
like three or four months after my grandma died. And so as I think about the next stages of my life, like I'm talking about uh, tomorrow, my grandma's birthday is a great day to make some moves, you know, to try to. Did she have any Danish dishes that live in your heart? Uh, She was big. I wouldn't, I don't know if they were culturally Danish, but she loved making brownies and she always had like blocks of cheese that she would cut up. And my brother really loved those. And, um, she, my grandma, she never had a dishwasher in her kitchen and she never had a driver's license her entire life. Oh, and she had this little, uh, in her kitchen, she had this little plaque and it, and it had like a housewife on it, you know, with her little handkerchief on her hair and her, her apron and stuff. And I think the saying, I think one of my cousins still have this, this, this knickknack from the house. Um, it said a wifely jobs, no cinch. But it doesn't leave me cross because I kind of love my job because I kind of love my boss. Something like that. It was a very <laughs> it was like a classic housewife stuff of like yeah. the 1950s era. Yeah. So that's oh. kind of um, she was born in the 30s. And that's kind of when she built her family was in that classic era of Americana and Anyway, great story about my grandma and how I'm trying to do right no, by her. No, that's very sweet. Yeah. And you you have done right by her. You should, you you would be making her proud. I hope so. Uh I hope she could I wish she could see a lot of the things that have happened since, but um but Bocephus also says uh Blonde great interview with really graceful. I've never heard of her before, but I will be purchasing her 480-page book Deep State Encyclopedia. PS Matt, hang in there. You still have Ron. Wait, who's Ron? I don't know the Ron reference. I'm sorry, but you probably made a good joke at my expense. I just didn't get it. Um, yeah, really grace. Graceful is awesome. Her channel is huge. Hmm. Did you know that? I don't know who she is, so it's news to me. All right. We got to get, uh, we got to get back to the calls. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. We'll come back to your chats at the end of the stream. Thank you guys very much. Appreciate it. Orwell's ghost up next. Orwell's ghost. Are you there? Graham, how are you guys? We are well. What's on your mind? Oh, nothing. Um, so something stuck out in my mind from the some the Sunday show. So I am not a Joe Biden apologist, but hmm. the phrase uh, "we will lick something." So yeah. that's that that actually means like we'll take care of the situation. There's I've it, never it, heard that. You've heard that before. It's it's yeah yeah it's it's very very old timey. Hmm. Very, very old timing. I mean, like this, this is actually, this actually like predates Joe Biden. So I think the last time I heard that said, that's was, the land before or, time. I, that's I, how old it is. Yeah. The last time <laughs> I heard, I, I, and I say heard that said, it, it like read, there was a Marine general who said, give me a, a battalion of Marines and I'll lick the world. And by oh. that, he meant like, I will oh. conquer the world. Yeah. Oh, so. Wow. So in context, if you go back and you look at that video, what he said makes sense, but he's a freak and he, you know, given all the other weird, stupid shit that he says, it, it it's like, okay, he's, he's a fucking weirdo. I figured that I, that I might be missing something. So, you know, it's good to know, I guess uh, he meant, he meant it as a figure of speech, but you never know with that guy. It's like, he might mean literally licking uh whatever he can get his hands on too oh, oh yeah, God. yeah that's, 
Yeah, that's 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 contextual, actually. And and but but again, you've got to know your audience, and you've got to know the circumstances of of let's say the uh, the era that you're in. And it's it's kind of like I have a buddy who's he's he's a uh, he's an athletic coach at a major university, and he um one of their I guess the people in their sort of athletic hierarchy in their athletic department, his name is Dick. And he's like, why am I laughing? I mean, do, do, do you really, it's a funny word. Like, yeah. But he's like, do you really do that in this day and age? Like, do you, do you really call yourself Dick in this day and age? No, um, you can't, you can't I do mean, it. I, well, I mean, I, my, my, my dad's brother, he went by Dick, but like, I wouldn't do that to my children. I wouldn't, no. like, I, I wouldn't impose that upon my children, but, uh, um, yeah, that's, it's, like I said, it's it's I I didn't call in to give you guys that kind of context, but but I was thinking about it. I was like, ah, oh, God, I don't really want to like. But he's old and daughter. No, I want to know. It's stupid. it's like we were talking about on Sunday. Is I want to know if this is a thing I've never heard, and so I'm glad to that's know a, this, this that's, is apparently that, a saying. That's a thing. That's yeah. a, like a that's 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 a thing that hasn't really been used regularly since like the 1940s. Yeah. Um, and and I think, again, I think Smedley Butler was using Smedley Butler being like the ultimate Marine awesome guy who was like a Quaker and also an anarchist. Um, Smedley Butler was saying that to kind of give 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 credence to how awesome the Marines were. He's like, give me a battalion of Marines and I'll lick the world. And he was basically like saying, yeah. I will I any, anywhere you take me, if you give me a battalion of Marines, we will dominate the battle space. Okay, maybe we should uh, issue a retraction. No, I'm not going to do that. But you know, I see where you're coming from. I wouldn't. I, you are fake. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. I like. You know, I. I, I wouldn't do that because he's a fucking moron. Um, <laughs> we and, should take whatever we can get at this point. Yeah, and and again, I, I like. I I don't want to give credit where credit's due, but he like. I, I think he's kind. Of, it's. It, I, I will say this also because my my dad is only a couple of years younger than than Biden, and they grew up in generally the same region. And I asked my dad, who's who's fairly socially liberal, yeah. I said, I, I asked him about the whole, oh Joey, uh, love is love, you know, <laughs> yeah, like the classic story. Seeing, yeah, you know, he's like, seeing, I was like, Dad, what would what would Pop have done if like. He would have seen two grown men kissing in the middle of the street, and he said, huh, "Well, first of all, the two grown men in the middle of the street kissing in in the Midwest would have been lynched." Um, oh yeah, that's that's, that would not happen now. But let's say they, but let's say they wouldn't have been lynched. He said, uh, "Your your grand your grandfather would have like just grabbed me by the face, pulled me away, and said, uh, those people are freaks. They they're they're like they're not they're they're not humans and would have like walked off somewhere. Why are you like it's it, it, it just it's it's totally untrue. Um, yeah, I, 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 I there's some been some interesting not, I, debunkings I, I, I on that that have to do theory, with yeah. that talk about um Delaware specifically. And I think this is alleged to have happened in Providence where 
public acts of uh, homosexuality were met with police intervention and or arrest. But I think it's true pretty much anywhere in the country at the time that it, it just was different culturally. And if the mm-hmm. attitude was, well, Joey, that's just love. If that was actually a common attitude, mm. the legal landscape of the country would have been drastically different, too. And it, of course, it wasn't. So, well, yeah, well, this is this this gets back to, you know, and if nobody pays attention to him. My favorite historian is David Starkey, who's a gay British, you know, conservative, but like, and, and as a Catholic, it's t- sort of like a, it doesn't make any sense, but he's, he's one of my favorites, but he's also based in reality. And one of the things he said is when I was a young man talking about in like the 1950s and 60s, homosexuality was illegal. Now it's practically a requirement. <laughs> Well, it, it is interesting, too, how all of that became a constitutional right uh, in you know, starting in. Well, it didn't start with Lawrence v. Texas, but Lawrence v. Texas was kind of the culmination of that and then into Obergefell. But not only um, has it been uh, uh, legalized as in like by acts of state legislature and stuff, but we've discovered that the actual intent of the framers and or the amendment makers after the fact uh, was a constitutional right to anal sex. <laughs> and I, I will never forget. It was my, one of my favorite days of college. I've told the story before, so I'll, I'll be brief. But I had a great uh, constitutional law professor. And, and when we were doing equal protection and due process on the 14th Amendment, um, he came in and he sat down and class started that day with him saying, do you have a constitutional right to ass fuck? And that was oh, my God, that was that was class for the day. It was great because that was the Lawrence That's- v. Texas day. And that was. That was what the class for the day was about. Do you have a constitutional right to ask fuck? Well, wow, you could never that, do that now, could you? I, I think I, I wonder if he's still at the college. I should look him up. And if I wonder, I guarantee he's had to change his methods by now. And this wasn't so long ago that that happened in 2009, I think. I would reach Maybe back out to him. Professors, honestly, Matt, professors like you reached out to. So if, if he's still there, yeah. I should Dude, look him I, up. I, I, he, he was awesome, man. I don't even know what his politics were at all. He was just a great, you say black, I say white, you're wrong, yeah. you're wrong, that's bullshit type guy. I have no yeah. idea what his personal well, views were. I, 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 had never heard of, I had never heard of E. Michael Jones until Blonde interviewed him. And that was, I mean, honestly, like looking back on it, that was a super genteel, very calm uh, interview. I've he didn't call Jews interviews. cotton pickers. I'm like, I've never even. Wait, the Jews are cotton pickers? Or not cotton pickers, um, rag pickers. Rag pickers? Well, what does that even mean? He, 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 he had another, he, he interviewed another uh, guy, or another guy interviewed him who's, who's Catholic, and that guy was one, of the, was one of the groipers at Charlie Kirk who said, what does anal sex do? For yeah, it, was, us. it was Dave Riley. <laughs> that question yeah. was Dave asked. Riley. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he asked. Oh, Dave Riley and, asked and, Charlie Kirk that, and and yeah, and that yeah, and that and that stupid black guy was like, I feel like being free and this, that, that. And I was and the guy just kept saying, yeah, that's not answering my question. That's like uh, I need that? to I need yeah. to hear the answer to that. It's it's well, there's well, two so different. It was a famous Dave Riley moment. Okay. Who is just yeah, like was, that IRL. Yeah. Uh, there, there, so there, there, there is no, there was no, there was no answer to it. That's that's yeah. that's the answer. Well, if, if and he I had his to, rosary. It was so great. The, the uh, there are to tr- to take the position counter to it. There are all sorts of things that I don't necessarily think are active goods that I wouldn't necessarily want to make illegal. 
That doesn't mean that you are in favor of everything, but you have to allow people a certain baseline level of freedom to choose things that don't directly victimize others. That's the best well, I can say I for think, it. I don't think you have a constitutional right to it, clearly. I think, I, but, I think the other problem is, Matt, right now you're really weak and you're not enough of a dictator. That's the problem. <laughs> Give right me now. 10 more like, years. They, they, yeah. No, they, I'd be, yeah, I'd be they, interested – I'd be interested well, to hear that exchange. That sounds uh, that sounds uh, hilarious. I, I, number I, one, but I, I would, oh, it was I would, classic. Yeah, yeah. But again, I would again revert to like Red Caesar and Charles Haywood and say, um, no, we're we're not we're not playing this game. Rule number one: never cede any territory. And rule number two: when your enemy gives you an inch, you take a fucking mile. Oh that's, yeah, totally. That's, that, that's that's the end of it, and and if nobody's watching him, Aron McIntyre is one of the men to follow on Twitter. He's awesome. Mm. So um, I'll let you guys go. You, you sure. guys have a good evening. Thanks for calling. In, I appreciate it. Yep. Take care. I'm so glad that I introduced him to E. Michael Jones. That's great. And well, now I I just can't get it out of my. There's a clip somewhere of of Dave Riley trying to get Charlie Kirk to advocate for butt sex. That's what you're telling. It me. is a. Famous clip. How have I'll I never right seen now. this? Charlie Kirk. I'll have to check Dave it out. Dave Riley anal sex. I'm doing it. I just wonder. It's it did. It, was the point made that it's an affirmative good? You don't have to take that position. Even that um, phrasing is uncomfortable in this context. <laughs> you can take all kinds of positions with your. Yeah. Uh, oh, what is wrong with you? <laughs> anyway, I, yeah, I'll check that out. I won't. Uh, we got. We have a couple callers. I want to make sure that we get to. So I won't. Okay belabor the point but reinhardt you're up next if you're ready hello you hear me hi hey how's it going uh we are well what's on your mind well a couple things um people were talking about oh a couple weeks ago i think on the college show how we got to have more kids and you know produce more you know white children to save the country blah 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 I have strong opinions on this. Okay, go on. Uh, yes, I agree that you should have many kids. I have twins on the way, by the way. Just oh, congratulations. That's so great. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But to my point, that, that's not going to turn anything around. You know, you're never going to have enough kids or convince people to have enough kids to turn us around. Because they can just import more. Because they, they can, can just what? what? Yeah, sorry. Import more. Import. We're just going to bring in more illegals. Uh, it is tough to keep up. I yeah, it's. Or, uh, <laughs> well, it's not tough. It's impossible. Yeah, I mean, the numbers just aren't there. Uh, yeah, it uh, it's a tall task. That's for sure. So, given that we're you know we're being replaced or have been replaced, really, you know, if you look at the numbers, um, our only other option is to secede in some ways. You know, forming a new nation within this one. Or flee, you know, to a different nation and yeah, forge where? a new future there. I, yeah, that's the big question. We kind of touched on that at the end of my last call. I don't know. Iceland, maybe. I don't know, man. I People should be fighting for their country. That's what um, got us into this in the first place. So I, I'm I agree, kind of ready to go down with the ship here, I guess. Wow. Well, but see, that's the thing. It's not us going down with the ship. It'll be our kids or our grandkids. But realistically, true. in our lifetimes, we're going to be okay. I don't think yeah. it's really going to, you know, affect us in our lifetimes. It will slowly, but you know, it's not going to be third world status for a while. 
And I don't want to inflict that on my descendants. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That's what I mean. I think Iceland legitimately, you know, I'm only half joking about that because it's a small enough country. I don't think there's any interest in corrupting it. I think well, that's I always why get Iceland, Iceland and Greenland confused. Let me uh, make sure I'm Iceland's thinking. Iceland's the habitable little one. one. With a better climate. Yeah. Iceland, all right. Iceland is green oh. and Greenland is ice. Yeah, they actually well, are right yeah. next to each other, right? It's just Iceland is the small one and, and Greenland is the huge one. Mm-hmm. Right. Not, I mean, right next to each other, relatively speaking. I guess that's kind of a distance there, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, okay, I'll go to Iceland. There's a lot of like um, Nordic Viking history there. I can, I can. It's oh yeah, so right beautiful. Yeah. yeah, it's practically your home. Yeah, pretty much. However, Iceland uh, has major problems. It has the highest the the average woman has the highest number of sexual partners of hmm. any country in the world uh, outside of Australia. I think it's like 26 or 27. Yeah, the that's average. Average. average yeah. <sighs> okay. There are tons of permanent How many people there? How many people live in this country? You know, if we fled there en masse, we could change their culture in a generation. Uh, Yeah. I'm bringing my wife, so it's okay. I don't have to worry. That's where we're going. I don't have to worry about these chicks and their high numbers. I'll deal with that. But I guess my son has to worry about that. (laughs) These people's daughters. Hey, he only has to find one. Yeah. Nobody else is looking for her. What's the you know, raise a son do you know what the that. the average body count in the US is? I have no idea. I would guess Apparently lower. for women it's 7, but that's just the lie that all women oh, tell. Oh shit. Yeah, yeah, I guess it is all self-reported. So. <laughs> Multiply it times 5. Yeah, really. I don't know. Oh, it's for the s- average millennial woman, I'd say it's probably s- 20. What do you think? Gotta be in the I 30s. I would I would guess lower. I would guess closer like in the 10 range. Maybe. I don't know. But I don't know. Everybody yeah. lies about it. So I, who knows? And Iceland, then there are a lot of virgins. True. And then there are a lot of women that have banged like a thousand guys. So mm. I don't yeah, really it's, know. It's kind of like guns. You got a, a, an elite <laughs> yeah. top few really skewing the numbers. I don't <laughs> yeah. know if elite is the right word, but you get what I'm saying. There's some. If you've had sex yeah. with a thousand guys, you better be elite at sex. <laughs> You're going to get anything out of that. You know, Iceland there's no is, appreciable difference between a female virgin and a female slut in sexual performance. It, nothing is required of them. Just lay down and don't do anything ridiculously gross. I, yeah, that's true. Like, and don't talk very much. Uh, well, Iceland is not required, but yeah. Iceland is 72% Christian, too. I, I'm surprised to learn there that. There you go. It's a very high percentage. Come on. It's a great candidate. Now, to my other point, though, if you if you're intent on staying here and fighting for, you know, what we have, you're you're going to have to confront the fact that force will be required in the near future yeah. to make anything habitable in the distant future. Yeah. What happened to that ban either, on circumcision you know, in Iceland? Create those risks for yourself now. Did they I'm look, condemn I'm, your I'm children to those consequences no, later? I know that you're right. I just the idea of moving to another country. I I know I hate it too. Honestly, I've but it'll be just like the Norsemen, so you know. We can run around those beautiful landscapes and pillage villages and stuff like that. Yeah, it'll be great. We'll all be sheep herders, and you know, <laughs> yeah, it'll be real. It'll be Viking and, stuff. It'll be awesome. We can all wear like it's where we belong. You know? Oh you know, no! If, if you want to be somewhere, what? Oh, the, the Iceland circumcision ban didn't go through. This Newsweek article: Iceland Jews beat Damn church it. taxes and a circumcision ban. Uh, ban now they even have a rabbi they were trying to achieve it when was this Shit. 
See, so, they need us now more than ever. <laughs> the the Christians in Iceland were trying to ban circumcision, and then uh, like the four Jews in Iceland were like, "I was going to say, ba- based yeah. on the demographics in the Wikipedia article here, it the the religious demographics at least are um seventy two percent Christian, and then uh, no, uh, yeah." 72% Christian, 25% no religion, and then 1.5% a, a, an unpronounceable Nordic word that I think means, you know, whatever those uh, like weird pagan Nordic religion, Viking religion, I guess. And then uh, r- racially, it's 86% Icelandic, and the next biggest group is 6% Polish. So okay. maybe there's some Jewish influence influence in the Polish demographic, but it's going to be really where this yeah. Judaism way, I mean, is thriving it, the in the land is in the pudding reason. that they even tried that the fact that they even tried to pass that circumcision ban proves that it has such potential even in its current state there are 500 Jews in Iceland and they were able to get this bill overturned yeah I'd have to look at w- yeah. when was this happening what's the date on the article 2021 oh really recent okay yeah wow what a bummer I'd love to live in a country where circumcision was illegal that's that's awesome I don't know. I, I guess I shouldn't. I shouldn't totally throw out this idea. I should want to live anywhere where I can secure the future of my daughter. Well, me too. You know, I'm all about you know being using my time productively and my efforts productively. And those are the only two that I see being worthwhile: is either running for office or gaining a platform like you guys have and using it to convince people to say, "Hey, we got to carve out." something of our own in this country or leave. well we'll Those just use it to options. to get some able-bodied men to build some viking ships that we can use to sail to iceland that's how we'll yeah, close absolutely. all this out i uh we gotta watch out for icebergs though per the titanic <laughs> didn't it didn't, wasn't the iceberg they he hit somewhere in that region like 1900s. kind of in that area where the fuck are there dolphins on their way back now see i don't want to get too far into it but i had the same question so are there cold water dolphins or am I wrong? I don't think so, but okay. maybe I'm wrong. I'm no, no marine idea. biologist, but when I saw, I thought dolphins off the coast of Ireland. What the hell are we talking about? Is that a thing? I don't think so. Yeah. Anyway, thank you, Reinhardt. <laughs> sure. Like, I'll see you in Iceland. <laughs> Catch you next time. All right, brother. Okay. We're a little bit past the hour, but Joshy boy has been waiting patiently. So Joshy boy, you're going to get last word. We might have to be a little bit brief because we're up against the clock, but uh, I know we've yes. done that to you recently. So please uh, yeah. say whatever's uh, on your mind. Okay. Well, I'm going to make a very quick run. I'm getting a lot of static, by the way. Oh, no. It might be coming off of, uh, we, we've had some issues with our mics cooperating with oh. Discord. So if as long as you can hear us, uh, we'll, we might just have to deal with it. Okay. So the static is gone. I think it was coming from Blonson. But anyway. I wanted to briefly make a comment on the last thing that you got, not the last, last thing, but this whole thing about having more fathers within the home, correct? Yeah. I remember I, many I, years... Sorry, go ahead. No, I, I, go ahead. Yeah, I remember many years ago, I was watching a Steven Crowder video. It was like one of those Change My Mind segments, mm-hmm. something like that. And I think it was kind of discussing about fatherhood and everything. And one of the guys he was interviewing said something very interesting to me that I think a lot of conservatives need to start thinking about when it comes to those conversations. Mm-hmm. He was telling Crowder that 
if my dad was still in a home, then I wouldn't be here sitting talking with you right now, right? And so I think what many people well, how, seem how did to, he mean that? I'm confused what that means. If his dad, so he's saying he had an absent father, but had his father been there, he would have been damaged. Well, by in it? the home, okay. Yeah, in the home. Okay. He Crowder have been was saying good, this. No, Crowder, the guy talking to Crowder. Oh, my bad. Sorry. Yeah, the guy talking to Crowder said that if my dad was present in the home, then I would, meaning that he will probably be dead, most likely. And so that kind of got me to think a little bit. And I've come to the conclusion that it's not really enough to say that all you need are fathers in the home because you do have terrible parents, right? Yeah. And I don't think we give enough credit to single parents, both mothers and fathers, who do their best to raise their children. They always kind of get hung out to dry. I'm not yeah. saying that having both par- both parents in the home won't improve the child's life, but it's also not a guarantee. Well, you, you also have a lot of. No, I think you're right. Oh, yeah. yeah, go ahead and so, finish your point. I don't mean to interrupt, but uh, no. So my my reasoning for saying that is because you do have parents who are physically present in the home, but don't mm-hmm. really care for their kids, especially coming from a lot of black families. Right. Yeah. Mine is one of the exceptions. Um, but you do have a lot of black families who don't who don't really care for their kids, let them do whatever they want, and both parents are present at home. But you also have those who kind of perpetually lead their children in the wrong direction, like, you're going to do it this way because that's how I grew up, et cetera, et cetera. They don't really break a chain. That makes sense? Yeah, Blonde, did you have thoughts? Um, the reason that I've introduced so much shame into this single motherhood conversation isn't because single mothers are doing, like, the best they're not doing the best that they can. I know a lot of them are. It's because it, it's due mm. to the fact that I would like women to be, to practice more discernment in the people that they choose as their life mates. Um, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah. It's incumbent on women to really think through what the man that you're banging would be like as a husband and father. And I just reject that these men are, that um, are, are such bad fathers are so charismatic that there are no red flags. I listen to a lot of Dateline and like mm-hmm. every bitch that gets murdered should have seen it coming. It's like, what were you yeah. even doing? Like he hit me, but he said he would never do it again. <laughs> and then I married yeah. him and I had five children. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, just don't bang these these guys. Yeah. Yeah. What were you going to say? I would say on, on this concept of, of absent fathers or absent parents, I think this is another case where, yes, there are exceptions, but exceptions don't necessarily disprove rules. So mm-hmm. are there, is there a such yeah. thing as a bad dad whose presence is, in fact, damaging? Yeah, I'm sure that oh, exists. Yeah. Um, is there a such thing as a, a, a bad, toxic marriage where mom and dad argue all the time and it's actually inflicting damage on the child? Yeah, we, I think we can find examples of that. But what we're talking about <laughs> is, on average or across the entire group... Is there benefit to having mom and dad together to take care of son and daughter? Absolutely. In fact, as far as I'm aware, intact household is one of the single best predictors of success of the child. And so it's it's not to to say that uh, it's not to diminish anyone's. uh, I'm not trying to throw shade at anyone's particular situation or say you can't do it any other way than this. It's just mm-hmm. to say that there is an ideal and we've strayed far away from that ideal. We ought to aim at that ideal and we'd have better outcomes mm-hmm. uh, if we did. So that's kind of how I think about this. Like I, I grant the existence of exceptions. I just don't think that exceptions disprove the rule. That's what I would oh, say. It doesn't. 
that's just something that I thought about when I when I listened to that guy. It's like, you know, he has a point. But those are exceptions and it's not the general rule. It is better to have both supportive parents in the household. That's how I grew up. Yeah. So Yeah, I I, I can yeah. I, I know that the that my mom and dad were both vital to me in completely different ways. They both provided different assets to me and, and my upbringing. Yeah. And, and I can see it with my son now. The way that my mm-hmm. wife naturally nurtures him is different than the way I am able to sort of uh, provide leadership and or discipline to him, even at his young age when he's being yeah. sneaky or mischievous and mom tells him not to, that's funny when he's being sne- <laughs> yeah. sneaky or mischievous and dad tells him not to, that's serious. And you can yeah. already tell that exists in such a, a you know, one and a half year old's mind. And uh, if, if God forbid something happened to me and my wife had to take care of our son without me, could she do it? Sure. But there would be, that role that I represent would be lacking and you can't just replace it with money. Um, yeah. if, if she, you know, if she, if there was a big life insurance payday or something, it, it, my role for my son is not just a dollar amount. There's something else to it. And no, so that's definitely yeah. true. And yeah. then single motherhood There's, also it reduces the, the class potential of the child. So when somebody's looking for a mate, they're like, well, I mean, do you come from a screwed up family? And it makes yeah. it harder for them to, social climb right if you just yeah. died it, yeah. it wouldn't be like that yeah it's uh you think about who think you talk about uh you know women making correct selections or good choices in in who they're they're willing to marry part of that is having mm-hmm. the security of a stable home to fall back on too if you're in a bad oh, yeah. family situation and you're desperate yeah. to get something you'll settle for a man who probably isn't worthy of your marriage because you're just exactly, tr- you're yeah. searching for that security yeah. and you have none to fall back on. That's very insightful. Yeah. So yeah, it is. back in the day, fathers used to take, that's why dads were such hard asses about, you know, their daughters going out on dates with guys or, you know, yeah. vetting mm-hmm. the guy who's taking his daughter to prom. There's the security you're supposed to provide your daughter is supposed to mean something. Now it's like, yeah, oh, yeah have at it, dude. Enjoy your time. If you're, if dad's even there to care at all, which in many yeah. cases he's not. Totally. There is one final point that I want to make before I get off for tonight. Sure. It kind of does um, address both of what y'all have said. For Blonde, one thing that fathers used, I don't know if they do it anymore, used to do was take their daughters out on dates so they can show their daughters what a man is supposed to do. That's how interesting. To treat, right? That's so that, that was one of the roles of the father, right? And said, this is how a man is supposed to treat you when you find that guy. So they'll look for that standard, right? Yeah. A lot of, unfortunately, a lot of women these days aren't shown that by their dads or the lack of. But it also stresses the importance of having that father in the home. So they can, hey, this is how you're supposed to treat uh, a lady. Or this is how a man is supposed to treat you and vice versa. Yeah. So, Matt, if you ever do have a daughter, that's that's one thing I would suggest you do. I just committed that to memory. And uh, I hope that one day I do get to raise a daughter because I'd like the experience of raising both. But I I think that's an excellent idea. I've never thought of that. You think you'll uh, entertain that idea, Blonde? Oh, yeah. My husband and my daughter went on a daddy-daughter date just just right now. Hmm. Yeah, so that is very important. It will give um your daughter something to like this is how i'm supposed to be treated this is what a man is supposed to do so this is what i need to look for yeah, yeah. and you know it creates a high standard and if the man is serious right he'll work for that yeah I, that's I th- so true yeah i think that's really wise and so yeah. uh hopefully someday i'll get to put it into action 
All right. Thanks a lot. Well, y'all have a good night. You Me as well. Too. Appreciate your call. Thanks uh, and have a good no night. No problem. Yeah, I think that's true. And then I think it's also important for parents to be affectionate towards one another in front of children. Hmm. So you're saying uh, I have to get more physically affectionate. Yeah, I mean, my daughter thinks it's funny. And now she just walks around and like slaps my butt and thinks it's just so funny. <laughs> I just see daddy do it. And then I no. think that parents should also like have some conflict in front of children. Yeah, we are... Uh... We, we haven't really crossed that bridge. My wife and I don't have a lot of serious fights, but of course it does happen from time to time. We haven't had, we haven't really had the serious fight in the child era. And I suppose maybe part of that is because we realize that he is our cooperative mission. And so to overreact to any particular conflict would be a betrayal of that. But you inevitably aren't fighting like once a year, or even in a marriage though. Yeah, I, I, I'm not so naive as to think that day's not coming, but I, I'll have to think about whether I want to hash that out in front of the kids or shield them from it. I guess I haven't I haven't thought about that. You want to show kids that like parents fight, but they still love each other and that they yeah. resolve their conflict. So like I knew this kid growing up whose parents were really conflict diverse. They were like behind closed doors. Yeah. And he just thought that his parents had like a perfect marriage. And then the dad banged some other chick and they were divorced and it just yeah. destroyed his life. It's like you need to be abreast to what's going on in your parents' marriage. Conflict resolution and the skills that involve that, that, that uh, are involved in that are very important. Same reason. Um, I'm not saying all don't get, don't get me wrong. I've known plenty of you uh, single children who are perfectly respectable, uh, high achieving, excelling adults. What preface is this? What are you? I'm just about? saying that um, some people I know who are only cha- who were only, only children. children. Uh-huh. Yeah, sorry, I said single. I meant only children. They, I've noticed some of them are not good with conflict resolution. I think part of it is because they didn't have the sibling growing up. Right, to right. that's the other thing about having siblings. The conflict isn't in, is inherent, and so the yeah. parental philosophy on including or shielding mm. the child from parental conflict. Even if they don't get the parental conflict, they're going to get the sibling conflict and conflict resolution skills will be developed that way. That's true. Anyway, okay. uh, that'll do it on College Tonight. Appreciate everybody who called in. Thank you for that. Uh, as a reminder, uh, if you're having trouble getting in live or you'd like to participate but you can't do it live, you can send us an email question. The way to do that is through the contact page of the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact. Mm-hmm. Look for the call-in show form. And I have it on good authority that we, I think we had to decline a few due to length this week. Dude, is that- come on, you guys. Tweets length. And even some of the ones we're going to read tonight are violators, but not nearly as bad as some of the other violators. We- I was just seething when I was reading <sighs> these today. We... <laughs> If it if it feels like a page of a word document, we can't do it. It's yeah. I'll I'll we'll bend a little bit on tweets length, and I know that sometimes complex thoughts are difficult to express concisely. But in the interest of just making it consumable for the show, we gotta we gotta keep it cut down a little bit. So please keep that in mind when you're uh, sending in questions. Zazie McTazmod is up first. <clears throat> if you could ride a non-horse animal, what would it be? If you choose something like an ant. You get the choice of a chariot pulled by thousands of ants or a horse size ant. Okay. This is animal. Oh, this, this animal lives with you and you have to feed it. 
and it is tame and friendly to you. Also real live animals only. No dragons or T-Rex. Are you saying T-Rexes weren't real or just they, they can't be extinct? It's guaranteed. Oh, man. OK, I would have a chariot pulled by fennec foxes. I don't know what those are. Fennec. They are so cute. It's like it, it seems impossible that they exist. Oh, yeah. These look like chihuahua foxes. I'm I'm satisfied with my answer. What okay. say you? Uh, grizzly bear. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I want to write it. I love one. grizzly bears. I think they're so cool. And or uh, maybe a more practical answer is a bison. Riding mm. around on a bison would be cool too. But they I'm go partial. Pretty fast, don't they? I'm partial to the animals of the Yellowstone ecosystem because I love them so much. But yeah, riding around on a grizzly bear that was not going to actually attack me—that'd be pretty sweet. Well, you could also have like a hippo or. A lion. Nah. I, I, a lion. I, that'd be sweet. Or a jaguar. I'm not saying that wouldn't be cool. I just. The time I spend out in nature is here. And so my appreciation is for animals that are here. And that's why I like those animals. What about a moose? What is moose. Uh, moose. Meese. Mooses. They're, they'll mess you up, man. Don't. It's, yeah, but it's friendly to you. Yeah, I know. But people think of moose the moose is one of those animals that people think they're just kind of like uh slow moving or lazy or they just kind of meander around mm-hmm. uh man one time i surprised a cow moose in the woods it got way too close and she didn't have a calf so that was good but you those, are lucky you're alive they yeah. w- <laughs> they're scary man and yeah. you definitely don't want to hit one with your car either oh no but you can keep the carcass um <laughs> yeah. Just FYI. Yeah, I you guess. want to ruin your car. Um, Christian, Matt, as a Hispanic guy myself, I got to say that while most of us are based when it comes to religion and tradition, I think this is something that I said. I don't remember if you said anything about this. There's this innate retardation when it comes to immigration that stumps me. I live in South Texas, and I've also lived in Mexico as a kid, too, for a while. My mom is based, but she voted for Beto because of the, immigra- the migration issue. Hmm. And that's because she knows about the trafficking issues as well. I'm all for a moratorium, too. My people have this ego and pride we need to get over uh, in order to progress forward. That and the cartel problem, too. Thanks for all the content. God bless. Well, thank you. Not a question, Christian. How dare you? No, um, no that's true. That's self-aware. I wonder what the I wonder what accurate polling on the issue would say, because I've seen. I've heard anecdotally the reverse, too, that there are a lot of legal migrants who have a lot uh, resentment or bitterness toward illegal immigrants. I would. I, yeah, I don't I don't know what percent. Um, I, I know there have been some trends of Hispanic voters trending away from the Democratic Party in recent elections. So, yeah, maybe. but don't you have to kind of live in in lefty areas? If you're a Mexican and you move to Coeur d'Alene, people all day are going to be like, what are you doing here? What do you mean? They're not down at your Home Depot? I did get hit on by a group of Guatemalan men. They are the tiniest men. <laughs> they're, they're just so small. And they look more alike with each other than Chinese people. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Uh, no, I, th- that surprises me, though, that it would be so important in the case of like the, the uh, Christian's mom here that... She is of disagreement, I assume, if I'm understanding the correct the question correctly, disagreement with the Democratic Party on every issue except immigration that you mm-hmm. you would that that's so important that you would uh, betray every other value in right. pursuit of protecting what is all but open borders in that part of the country. That, that surprises me. But maybe it's just uh, I guess it's like a 
as simple as like an ethnic loyalty thing, something like that. That's exactly what it is. I yeah. would assume. That guy says, curious about both of your perspectives as parents. What do you think is an appropriate age to introduce a child to firearms generally? Do you have any particular strategies planned out for how you're going to introduce them to it? This is a you question. This hasn't even occurred to me. Um, well, it's not going to be anytime soon. Uh, I do have that that uh, bolt action 22 rifle never fired, still boxed up. That was a gift from uh, from members of the audience, which is very much appreciated. But at what age will I take my son out to the range and teach him about the concepts uh, of guns and specifically the safety concepts of guns? If I was going to put a target on it now, I would say about 10. And I don't think I would go. Shouldn't we be talking about gun safety before then? There's probably an argument to be made. I I don't think that I would go much lower than that, um, both for safety reasons for me personally, but also for philosophical reasons. My my thinking is when I teach him about firearms, it's a lot of it will be, hey, here's how they work such that if you ever encounter this, you understand how it operates. But there's so much more to the firearm that I want to teach him about what it means mm-hmm. philosophically, what it means in terms of self-preservation and responsibility and all right. of those concepts that are a little bit high level for a kid, I think, younger than that. So for me, there's there's so much sim- there's a lot of philosophical symbolism to the gun that I want to save for a little bit later age. I'd be interested to see what other people think, though. Of course, I have no experience with this. So if there are other um, you know gun owners out there who have experience with introducing your children to firearms, what am I way off in that target? Am I too high, too low? Uh, I that's that's what I would pick though. I think around his tenth birthday is probably what I would target. Mm-hmm. Do you have any uh, additional thoughts on that? I don't know. It's kind of my husband's job, but um, I think that sounds reasonable. I mean, I, I haven't thought about it at all, but we have guns in the house. So gun safety has to be, you know, paramount. Yeah. And I'm at, I'm at that age now where he's into stuff. He's interested in finding things and digging into things and figuring out what they are. And so obviously in my, in my childless years, I have defense strategies deployed throughout the house. Let's put it that way. Now I can't really do that. That's not to say there aren't defense strategies deployed throughout the house. I just have to. He had to remove all the booby traps. Yeah. Well, (laughs) yeah, the old setup I had where there was just a 12 gauge pointed at the door. And if you opened it, it shot you in the face. That had to go. No, but it's it's more things are still in strategic spots. They're just locked in different ways now and all that. So. Um, obviously I take that very seriously. I'm, I, there's no circumstance in which my, my son is just going to happen upon a gun and right. be able to handle it. He will be introduced to it through me and only me when that day comes. Satisfied with that answer. Michael select in the film, Captain America civil war. The main antagonist says an empire toppled by its enemies can rise again, but one which crumbles from within that's dead forever. Which method of collapse is a lesser of two evils? Which do you think feel is happening today? I think that that clearly an empire toppled by its enemies is the lesser of two evils because you can come together with other people in your nation to have um, a, a common enemy. But I think that that we're clearly crumbling from within. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how it's, it's hard for me to even think of how to take the other side of that just yeah. to play devil's advocate. Yeah, maybe I could. <laughs> Maybe you could say there's more evil in collapse from an external source because 
that's some that's some external person trying to take you over as opposed to the will of your own people. Maybe you there's would expect that it's like more disappointing. When yeah, I guess. But if but well, it's not that I don't think we have very serious foreign adversaries. I do. I I worry about uh, about China. I I think that that chi- the sheer population size of China and their willingness and eagerness to steal all of our technology and potentially their eagerness to go invade places that we depend on technologically, specifically Taiwan. All of that matters a lot. I'm, I don't diminish that. But if the U.S. were to fall, am I more worried about the people here in power centers currently causing that fall? Or am I worried about the Chinese, like the Chinese Navy sailing into in under the, the Golden Gate Bridge or something? Mm-hmm. I'm more worried about the people who are here right now on the levers of power today. It's kind of crazy to say it's not, I I don't want the Chinese coming over here and doing anything, but I just think it's more realistic that this country falls because of people who are already here right now today than, than some foreign adversary currently. Yeah. I agree. The uh, Eva, Eva Viva. We'll go with that. So you brought up your moral opinion of IVF during the Sunday show. I'm wondering your opinion on the commodification of fertility and the effects of divorcing a biological process from its end, like sex and reproduction. I think it is dangerous to view kids as something you can get with money rather than a gift from God. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. That's that's definitely true. But um, tell an infertile woman or a couple that's having fertility struggles that desperately want a baby that like, their child, the existence of their child is invalid because they use something like IUI, which is you don't destroy any embryos. I understand uh, what you're saying. And I agree, especially in terms of things like birth control. Birth control might be the the worst thing that's ever happened to our society. Um, But I just, I don't know. Like if I couldn't have a child, I would do everything I could up to IVF. I would not do idea. I, I have a lot more sympathy for, as we were talking about on Sunday, I have a lot more uh, sympathy and understanding for situations where it's, it's mom and dad doing what they can to conceive their own mm-hmm. child and, and raise it you know, as naturally as possible. What I am in, what I'm very skeptical of is all of these situations where we are creating children, as I've mentioned, with the intent of removing mom or dad from that equation, whether it's yeah. some single woman shopping for diverse sperm, donors as we saw on the sunday show or in a lot of cases whether it's a gay couple doing uh, shopping similarly but intending to remove either that mother or that father from that scenario no same-sex couples no egg donation no sperm donation it's it's, uh the the adoption thing i i can understand insofar as there are there are kids in bad situations who probably are in need of of care obviously and i know that the objective study of how those kids do in gay households is <laughs> that is not very thoroughly studied. However, I'm willing to grant the premise that there are kids in need of help that probably could use some help that that doesn't bother me as much as intentionally creating the life and deleting mom and dad from that because it's 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 an act of selfishness It, it is it is saying this kid has to fit into my life scenario and not the other way around. When you have a child, it is your job to accommodate that child and put that child first in every consideration that you make. And in instead in this scenario, it's conceiving that child with the 
inverse priority. No, no, that child fits in with what I want. Not, not I serve the child. The child serves me. Mm-hmm. That's totally. what bothers yeah. me about it so much. And that's sociopathic parenting. You know, you're supposed to have children because you want to share your love with children. Yeah. Uh, it, like, it sounded really pedoey, but you know what I mean? Like that, <laughs> I get, that's the reason, that's get, the reason you should yeah. want to have children. But like, I'm seeing all these different reasons for wanting to have kids that I, I don't like. It makes me well, feel Yeah. Lazy. That's what bothers me as a dad. It's my job to sacrifice anything and everything up to my life itself to make sure that that little boy over there has the best prospect at success that he can possibly have instead. Your little wiener kid. Yeah, I know he's being, he's really testing the <laughs> limits tonight, but that, instead <laughs> that scenario flips it and says, no, no, no. What's most important is my own uh, sense of authenticity or my own jollies from whatever uh, form of sexual intercourse I prefer. That's yeah. the most important. And the kid is going to have to fit into that scenario. Yeah, I, I no, that's that's backward. That's wrong. You don't create life under that premise. It's it's not the right thing to do. But oh, it's my just concern. just my oh. thoughts on it. As I've, I've as I've discussed many times, and I could talk about for a half hour more because I, I yeah I think I think we're really we've really gone sideways on this. Um, Emma, what a beautiful name. Um, about four years ago, I was on Bumble BFF. It's a dating app for friends. <gasps> Hmm. What? Looking for girls to join our small choir. I sent Matt photos of what I came across. I think it's the Oakville big boob teacher as I lived in that area at the time. Seriously? Yeah, I did see that today and I saw that you mentioned it was for the call-in show. So I wanted to see what your call-in show question was before I answered. And yeah, she did send me screenshots of what looks like the big T teacher. But the weird thing is that big T teacher, I'll have to look at the screenshots later emma wasn't the teacher listed as like 25 years old i i don't know you wonder uh there's no way to verify emma well i don't know i don't use bumble bff so i don't know oh i thought you meant like at the school i don't know what he was purporting his age was it it said 25 on this particular app screenshot that guy's like 40 at least here's the thing though he's also a very public figure recently and so you have the possibility of someone just grabbing photos of him and trolling on the app for fun. Has that happened to you yet? Just getting catfished in that way? No, somebody's used your personal information to put it on a dating site? Not to my knowledge, no. It happened with sisterwives.com for me. It was a whole thing. <laughs> like three years ago or something. Yeah. Uh, so I, I would be skeptical if it was the real guy. My guess is it's probably someone probably with photos someone just... Could, yeah having fun with the pictures would be my yeah. guess, but maybe not. Ugh. Thanks for letting us know though. Ashwin. Ashwin. Yeah. It's too long. Uh, hello. Joseph ladies. Is two, also too two paragraphs. No, I Ashwin. No way. Uh, we'll, we'll hurt. <laughs> but seriously, cut it down next time. Hello, ladies and uh, lady and gentlemen in a group like a nation. What do you believe determines the ratio of ownership of public property between the individuals? Is it equitably equitably distributed or something else? And if everyone owns a piece of it, irrespective of the ratio, can we really justify destroying or preventing others use of this public property thoughts? PS. Hey blonde. Uh, I'm a guy, not a girl. Ashwin is a common Indian name given to males. So next time you hear the name in your travels, you can be 99.9% sure it's a guy unless obviously uh, they're, there, there's some fucked up transgenerator. But I'm sorry, Ashwin. It does. Ashwin. It does sound like, yeah. Just remember it that way. 
It does Why sound. Why did I do that like an Irish person? Um, okay, I need to read this again. Yeah, I'm not sure I completely understand the premise here, because obviously, if we if we go in one direction, if we if we take this the full to the full extent of its logic, then you're talking about outright communism, that we have X resources and we distribute those resources. Well, what evenly. does he mean in individual ownership of public property? Like, what does that mean? Yeah, I'm not sure. The ratio of ownership of public property between the individuals. Like how much any individual could own? Or, yeah, like, or maybe has a right to that property. I wonder if it's like, let's say that, um, well, I'll give you an example. Uh, in Glacier National Park, they have a a ticketing system for who can drive over going to the Sun Road because demand is so high. It is a it is a public federally owned public park, but because the demand is so high, they have to ration who's actually able to get in there or campgrounds oh, is that what he in, means? in Yellowstone, maybe where it is a federally owned national park. But if you want to camp there, you have to get on a list and there's a whole ordeal. You can't just go. That there, must be that. what he's talking about. OK. Is it equally distributed or something else? And if everyone owns a piece of it, irrespective of the ratio, can you really justify destroying or preventing others' use of this property? I mean, there have to be some some stringent rules about who, under what circumstances and who can use the property and for what purpose, right? I, I would say as long as the people's representatives maintain control of those rules, then it's fine. They're going to, to the extent you have public property that is in high demand, like your national parks, you're going to have to have some management of that. Otherwise, it's going to be complete chaos that's going to result in the destruction of those places, which defeats the entire purpose of having the park in the first place. <clears throat> as long as the rule setting is accountable to the people as the owners of that property, then I, 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 I don't necessarily have a problem with whatever the rules may be. It's the accountability to the people that matters. Yeah. Um, I guess would be my answer, but I feel like maybe I'm, I'm misunderstanding the premise. <clears throat> Maintain no, accountability to the, to the people and, and, and manage the property that way. But the problem, national park service is nothing but a bunch of other fed bureaucrats. So <laughs> that's, that's kind of a problem too. All right, Joseph, you son of a bitch. I'll read this thing. All right. <laughs> Instead of running away to red states, would it be better for conservatives to focus on moving to less populated blue states? Due to their small populations, it would take fewer people moving to them to change their voting trend, which, among other things, would have significant effects on the membership of the Senate. I just moved to Delaware and can't help but see the potential flip this state and others like it could be. Uh, it wouldn't even take all the Republicans from California moving here to make it happen. I've done the math. And if all the registered Republicans from Massachusetts alone moved to New Hampshire, Maine, and Delaware they would be enough to flip these states red and net five seats in the Senate, six year place cons with someone better a bit more. And we could get Vermont and Rhode Island too. just think of the lock holds we could have on the Senate. And as one pointed out a while ago, Vermont, Maine, New Hampshire are three of the four whitest states in the country. So what have you got to lose people? I can't live in any of those states because they're filled with um, leftist retards that, that want to tranify kids. But he's saying outnumber them. That's the whole point. Everybody moves know. in and they lose their political power. My thing about this is that it's still a, a solution using our current system to address uh, problems that lie outside of the system. Like if you want to move to these states and start to slaughter leftists in mass, like I'm listening. <laughs> if but the like, pitchforks and the torches are provided. We're just so far beyond a yeah. political solution here that anytime I hear a political solution, no matter how logical, I'm like, okay, so we get some more Senate seats and then 
And then what people stop coming after our kids, people stop being pedos, people stop with the omnibus spending bills. Um, we stop with the endless wars and the funding of, of places like Ukraine. Like, is it really going to stop anything? All these Republicans are fucking worthless. These neocons are so worthless. I don't hate this in concept. Well, neither do um, I. I but, mean, it's a cute idea, but needs more killing. <laughs> As always. The, yeah. the thing I'll say, though, is it's just obviously the logistical difficulty of achieving it, not just convincing everybody to move on something of a simultaneous timetable, but the reality of the, the property necessary to achieve it. So what well, you're talking about. It's the free about, state project, right? Yeah, basically. But it's instead, I, I guess I don't know what the state of New Hampshire was when they were targeting it when they did this. Yeah. But in this case, you're targeting deliberately low population blue states, which there aren't a lot of those actually. So the, you get, you got like Delaware, what Rhode Island, maybe um, that might be end of list. There aren't a lot of low population blue states that I can think of off yeah. the top of my head. But anyway, y you have the problem of if you're going to flood a state with new population, the the market reality of the housing and the property there is going to go haywire. Everybody's going to have to pay an insane price to get in there too. And I just don't know how that would be achieved. Where's everyone going to live? And how is that how's that going to be achieved on a in the short term? Or maybe you're maybe you think you're going to do it over 20 years or something. Maybe it's yeah, maybe I'm thinking too quickly and and Joseph, you're thinking longer term than I am. Set up a discord server and keep the feds out. And I don't, I don't hate it. I just think it's very logistically tough in concept. It makes sense to me though, but okay. Dangerous, totally not a fed space is firstly, I forgot to mention last month that it's been just over two years of call screening. So here's Seriously? the anniversary of a, a truly horrible decision to re recruit some dumb Aussie wanker. Oh no, we love you. Anyway, I'm curious on your thoughts regarding when someone changes their political position or even goes so far as to ch uh, switch sides politically. They can often be called a fraud both by the group they left and the group they joined, which uh, what especially annoys me is when people get mad that somebody who did switch positions or sides doesn't become a completely different person overnight. In other words, maybe their old views or behavior linger and they try to find a new path. My question is, are there any particular signs or actions that convince you guys that someone has made a genuine change in views, political ideas, political leanings, etc.? What do you guys think? Yeah, totally. Um, are they living the life? First? Yeah. Okay, so there's a lot of, um, like almost every trad wife I know is some former slut. But, you know, like an average former slut, like not like an excessive former slut, you know, just like your standard American 27, right? Yeah. yeah. No, 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 not that bad. But but, you know, are they living the life? And that goes for all people that have changed the way that they live and, and what they believe. Are, are they walking the talk? Are they really doing it in their own walking lives? Walking the talk? Yeah. <laughs> That's it's phrase, that time right? of night. Whatever. Wait. Talking, talking the, the talk and walking the walk. Oh no, walking the talk. Right? Walking the talk. What the fuck is that? Are they are they doing? Are they living the way that they say they're living? Oh, as in, is there are their actions living up to their words? That's what walking yeah. the talk. I guess. All right, I'll allow um, it. Uh, and it goes for people. You know, are are you like nominally conservative because you're worried about fiscal issues, but you're still being accepting of trannies and stuff? <laughs> I want people to come to the dark side here, but like they've got to be reasonable. I try to be 
pretty patient with this sort of thing because, of course, that's the story of how I came to be and how I will develop further. Yeah. I, he I'm was not... a former slut and now he makes pies and he exactly. does the whole thing. Yeah. Now I'm a trad wife and I have the aprons to prove it. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I obviously I, my perspective is not the same today as it was 10 years ago. And I doubt it'll be the same in 10 years as it is today. And the reason that my mind changed on a lot of crucial things is because people showed me good faith in asking me, good faith questions and convincing me in good faith. If I want to change people in the same way that I was changed, I have to reciprocate that. I have to, I have to be patient with people who are maybe starting to get it, but are not fully there. So unless you're a complete fraud in the way that you're describing, unless you are only talking the walk, Right. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> if you are, if all you're doing is saying things and not actually living them, or I, I suppose you're, 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 there's reason to believe that you're fraudulent in your beliefs. Then I, then I would probably say, okay, that's a, that's a bunch of nonsense. By that, I mean like saying one thing and behaving in a completely different way. That's exactly but, what I said. But yeah, walking the talk or talking the walk or whatever. Yeah. But if it's just like, oh, this person has has got it on this idea, but they still think that um, you know, if we a lot of problems would be, we could solve global warming by paying the IRS more. You know, maybe Dude, they'll come around. You know who is just like this? Hmm. I'm struggling with this right now with Pearl. Hmm. Because She's she also just, young. She reposted her Nick Fuentes interview, but it was after. She gave a groveling apology and said that racism has no place in our societies. Which she has to apologize for the apology. And I actually tweeted that to her. <laughs> I was just joking. And then apologized for making that apology. Right? Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm frustrated with her because like she had a tranny on the show the other day and then no one said anything to the tranny, like a male to female tranny. But then they're, they're like all obsessed with all of these this minutia in, in gender politics, but there's a fucking tranny there. I'm like, no one's going to talk about it. It was just hanging out. Yeah. Like on her panel. I'm like, what is like the, this whole conversation should have been like, you are not a woman and you can't opine about female <laughs> oh, so the, gender and sexual the relationships. The premise was women's issues or something. It's always, you know, like she's, she's really red pilled on, on, on women. She's really good at that. Yeah. But she is just a a blue pill retard on race. And I'm really struggling with it because she's only 27 or 26. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, like she's got the feminism stuff down. And the feminism stuff, that was our, all of our segue into this into the dissident right, right? It was it was feminism first. It a lot was of us just wanted abortion. to play Yeah, they just wanted we all just wanted to play video games. That was Sargon's famous saying too. I just wanted to play video games and you feminists yeah. wouldn't let us and now yeah, here we are. But I worry that she's that she's dumb too. So I don't I don't know what to do about her. But yeah, I see what you're saying. I just I just find it frustrating with people that aren't coming along as quickly as they yeah. should be. Well, I mean the the track from like Tim Pool to Andrew Anglin should be six months tops. Like what is, <laughs> what is everybody waiting for? Like what? <laughs> well, I guess I'm, I guess I'm still stuck somewhere along that, uh, that track. Yeah, um, but you're smart and you're reasonable to a fault. Most I, people are not I, like that. I will say, um, and I don't, obviously I only have my own experience. So perhaps there's some projection onto others or something. 
pretty much nobody has ever convinced me of anything by trying to browbeat me into it. Yeah. They have convinced me by asking me questions that I had difficulty answering until I realized that maybe my perspective on it was wrong. So, um, that's the approach that I'm going to take. Maybe there are people out there though, who, uh, who are more, um, receptive to the argument of shut the fuck up. This is the way it is. Believe that, believe this or you're wrong. Women. Yeah. Maybe that's it. I don't know. I just find it frustrating. And then I think that a lot of people are not accepting that there's a that there's a giant proportion of the population that's totally immovable, except uh, when um, the culture shifts, Hmm. when like the median attitude of the culture shifts. And so we're not going to convince anybody about it. Yeah, these people with one foot in and one foot out. I think you're right about that. And that's one aspect of, um, well, as we constantly talk about. you have to accept the world as it is, not as you want it to be. I want people to be persuaded by reason, free thinkers, skeptical until evidence is provided to them. But I can't deny that there's a huge percentage of people out there who form their opinions based solely on what public pressure or approval they will, they think they will get in response. That's true. And that's it. But for somebody like you, that is a, that is an earth shattering, painful revelation. I know it sucks. I hate it. It's terrible about yeah. the moral quality of your fellow man. Yeah. And like, I can't imagine how much that, that has shaken your worldview. It the sucks. average person cannot accept that and just continues their entire life to to try to uh, think the best of people. For, for me to deny that would be to, to deny the last three years, especially. People were persuaded to ruin their neighbor's business, to rat them out, to do all this shit because they thought that any pushback otherwise, any refusal was the socially unacceptable view. And so they will, you had, you had people who probably would have been persuaded to go burn their neighbor's house down if they thought it would gain the, gain them social approval. Yeah, I know there's no moral barrier <clears throat> for these people as long, whatever the mob dictates they will do. And yeah, it's very disappointing. And it's also very scary because when you're on the other side of that mob, guess whose house is targeted. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck. Um, Halo with horns is up next. Matthew seven, seven through eight. Uh, This is some scripture uh, here. Ask and you will be get or ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find knock and it will be open to you for everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks and to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Uh, Matt, have you asked prayed or prayed for God to help you find faith or help you open your heart to receive it. I would say that my experience so far is not in the form of like formal prayer requests um, like that necessarily. My experience so far is more of an unexplainable force that drives me to do things in a, in a way that I can't explain. Hence the term unexplainable, but every once in a while, and I I guess maybe I'm more receptive to it now, um, but Every time that there's been a major change in my life, there's been some force that just pushed me to do it despite reason telling me it wasn't necessarily the right thing to do. Like, for example, I've mentioned starting this YouTube channel a million times, so I won't go over that again. But the decision to leave my past safe job because I just didn't really like the guy that I worked for in favor of a ridiculous gamble to start a stupid YouTube channel, having no idea if that would work financially or not. Yeah. yeah. There was just some force that made me do that. And it made no sense. I couldn't explain it at the time because it was financially stupid. There are a lot of those forces working on me right now because, you know, Frank, uh, uh, rather than just tease it, I'll try to be a little bit more direct. 
I am thinking about how I'm going to accommodate my future family that I hope is plenty big. And I realize that my time in this home is limited. And I'm trying to think about how I get my family to the next place where we yeah. can really, where we can be forever if we want to be. And I'm not there now, but I need to get there. And that force is working on me right now. It's just mm -hmm. like for something, for some reason, the last week or two, something has, has clicked for me where it's like, you need to set your family up for the next thing. And oh, yeah. It's stuff like that. So like, have I had this moment where I sit down and I've like, I've had this explicit sort of um, prayer with God where I ask for certain things or I ask for him to reveal himself to me. No, what? it's not, it, it's not like that. I, that's not, that's not how I've ha experienced it. It's just, I remain receptive to, to forces that push me in a certain direction and I put a certain level of faith in them, even when I can't explain why I'm doing that. Yeah. And I've done that many times in my life prior without thinking about a, like a spiritual faith reason behind it. Now, because I'm more open to this sort of thing and through the Bible study and other things, it just has me thinking if there's something to that, that, that obviously I've spent my entire life thinking... You know, I am the master of my own domain. Whatever I decide is 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 under my entire control. And I'm not saying, you know, I'm not dismissing the concept of free will and all, and all that. I'm just saying that I'm more receptive to some force that pushes me in ways that I don't understand or can't explain, but I still obey it. Well, I don't know the, why. The basis but I, of faith was always there, right? But I have to. Like I, I, I am compelled to obey this force. And it just kind of reveals itself to me. And it's like, now's the time. You must do this now. That is God. It might be. I, I can't deny that that is a thing that influences my life greatly. It's like, well, yeah, all of a sudden it's God, something. It's your God-given intuition. And, and you should always listen to that voice. And that voice has led me to every piece of success that I have. I don't just mean yeah. professionally. I mean, my wife and son. I mean... Hopefully that house on the hill that we can get someday. I mean, everything. It's like every major step like that is because some force pushed me to do it outside my comfort zone beyond what I could explain rationally. Um, and yeah, I don't. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what I'm talking about when I say I experienced this force. It's not like a conversation I have with a person. It's uh, it's like a, a gentle hand nudging me. It's like, all right. This, this is the way. Yourself? Yeah. This is That's the way. God. That is, it that might is be. God guiding you into good decision making. What a gift that is. <laughs> I hope it is. I hope it's not something else because I'm I'm putting some faith in it. No doubt. Mm. Hope I don't pay Except the price Jesus for Christ it. Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. Okay. N-word says, thinking <laughs> of doing a monthly subscription, do you know how easy it is to cancel? The N-word. You job? know what I'm the N-word is? It's easy. Sorry, I ran over him a little bit. Uh, he's asking how easy it is to accept to cancel subscription, like support for this show. Mm -hmm. You can cancel it instantly if you want. I, I am not in the business of, sorry, you signed up for a year of whatever. And I, now that's I'm how much integrity you have. I've yeah. never investigated it, but I already knew that you had made it really easy to cancel. Yeah, not only that, but if you decide that you'd made a mistake and you want your money back, I'll give you your money back in five seconds. You'll get a full right, refund if you want. And then he asked um, if we have basic attention tokens. I do. Yeah. Um, I, I, I have that set up for me individually. I don't necessarily have that set up for the, the show. Basic attention token is Brave's 
sort of onboard. I guess it's it's a cryptocurrency. Uh, I don't know if that's technically the correct term for it, but it is a uh, it is a it is an online or a digital currency that you can send, and, and it works through Brave software. And I do have that. Yeah, and of course, if you'd like to support through Basic Attention Token, that is much appreciated. In fact, on my website, there's some information on how to do that. Um, so uh, tell you what, Mister Nword, if you would like to support the channel. <laughs> Through that method, just send me an email and I can give you some additional directions on how that'll work. And I appreciate it very much. Gilgamesh says, uh, hey, you guys, did you hear uh, about this lawsuit that these families have filed against a child YouTuber, Piper Raquel's mother and her mother's boyfriend? Well, the families of 11 children are suing over some pretty fucked up sexual conversations. Touching. Is he saying there was touching or? Yeah, I have read about this. Um. They were like pimping out younger YouTubers, I think. This is news to me. I don't even know who that is. So I know that that YouTube took that whole that was YouTube's crackdown on videos featuring children. I could take one of two ways. Was that YouTube's overreaction to a lot of stuff as they they want to do with opinions they don't like or how I guess what I'm saying is how serious was the problem of pedophiles speaking in code in comment sections of videos of kids? Yeah. Seems like that was a, a legit thing. And and that's why a lot of times they don't allow the comments on and, and they've cracked down on videos depicting kids in a lot of different ways. I, I could certainly believe that was quite a real problem for YouTube, but I don't know. The allegations here are it's a uh, civil suit, so it looks like they're un- unfounded allegations, but um, I don't doubt their truth. I mean, some it's, sort it's of private probably. communication of some sort. Is that what the allegation is? Uh, I think that it's like the mom's boyfriend, which there's, you know, strike one. And then the daughter is the YouTuber and she has a bunch of YouTuber friends. And so they're saying that the, that the um, step boyfriend or whatever was like touching the kids inappropriately and encouraging them to do sexually aggressive stuff. Okay. And things like that. Um, And he's somebody said that he was smelling their underwear too. Okay. But they want $22 million. It's like, if you broke the law, you need to get the legal system involved. Well, uh, civil suit, civil suits are, are uh, cash cows these days. So perhaps they'll get that. We'll see. There are reasons to be suspicious, but also reasons to believe. All right. That's news to me, though. Thank you, Gilgamesh. Did you read that one? Yeah. Big Father, will you let us know when Rumble starts paying out more than YouTube for views? Just looking for a way to beat, uh, for the beat way, the best way. In my defense, it is spelled beat. Yeah. But I should have figured that out. Um, already got some hero soap. Uh, Rumble, when is this special over where Rumble well, so doesn't take any of the money? If you choose to support through Rumble, that day is today. Uh, that they are that they are paying creators uh, more than YouTube does. So by that, I mean, if you choose to sign up for a monthly sort of Patreon style support subscription, rumble for the rest of the year. My understanding is until January 1st, they're taking 0.0% compared to Susan and Neil's 30% on YouTube. It's mm-hmm. also true for super chats, though, that if you choose to super chat over there, not just for our show, but anybody's show, 
Rumble is taking 0.0%, I believe, or maybe it's just on the subscriptions. You'll have to look with Rumble. In, in any case, even if they are taking a small fee on the, the Super Chats, it's way smaller than Susan and Neil's 30% cut. So if you would uh, prefer or you're looking for a way to support the show even the in the live way like Super Chats, Rumble is available today. And we're doing our best to treat that exactly the same as Super Chat on YouTube or Tippy Stream or anywhere else. So, uh, good things are coming to Rumble, and of course, thanks for supporting the show. And by the way, thank you for checking out the soap too. I, uh, if you uh, if you're interested in sharing, I, w- I would like to know exactly how tingly it made your behind when you're all finished. Send me a review. <laughs> you know, I did. Uh, I was I, I I purchased a batch of some of the Timberline and Old West soap because uh, I want to have some for the household and I want to send some to a few people make good like gifts and things like that. And I did see the page for Timberline and there's somebody out there. In fact, I should have noted the name so I could credit you. There's already a Matt and I once made love review on the soap on their (laughs) website. Very about how tingly it is. So thank you. If you're that guy. (laughs) All right. Um, All right. Eric is, uh, is this your read? I don't remember. No, oh, you read the last one. That's right, because oh. it had that weird word in there, beat and best. Eric says, uh, today marks the 30-year anniversary of the Branch Davidian Church in, in Mar- uh, Mount Carmel being burned down. Have either of you looked into the documentaries Waco Rules of Engagement and or Waco A New Revelation? The aerosolized gas was so powerful it caused convulsions. Uh, convulsions. Why am I saying that word? Convulsions, right? Uh, strong enough to break people's necks. Wow. You can break your own neck? through convulsing i don't know a sobering thought that none of the government criminals were ever punished i'm also curious have either of you watched the latest netflix documentary or and or government propaganda on waco you won't hear me wish the first episode it will on people but parkinson's is a fitting end for janet reno did she get parkinson's i forget i think so um man these people i just hope that there is justice in the afterlife because i watched one episode and i was like i I, I am too mad. You got to finish it so we can talk about it for an hour. I'm so pissed off. These FBI agents are out of their GD minds. I think they, they still think they did the right thing. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I've seen the first two. I've watched several Waco documentaries, so it's I probably have seen at least one of those. The Netflix one I, I meant I discussed um, quite a bit was that last week, so I won't go over all of it again. But I would encourage people to watch it if if you don't know much about Waco or even if you know a lot. And it will be infuriating if you're on one particular side of this, as I am and Blonde is. But even if you are open-minded to the government's perspective, this Netflix documentary is fair insofar as it allows everyone involved to speak. And by that, I mean FBI agents and ATF agents who were there, some of them actually shot, and then surviving Branch Davidians, including the last little girl ever to leave the compound. What drove me nuts was the the one of the main FBI guys claiming in the final episode that the FBI were the real hostages at Waco. And then what else did he say? He said some other bullshit. Um, oh, he claimed that the Branch Davidians started the fire themselves. And then they said, oh, uh, well, David Thibodeau, yeah. one of the survivors, said there was never a single conversation about starting a fire ever, and they did not start the fire. He said, well, David, David Thibodeau is a damn liar. <laughs> And he, oh, that was it. The FBI agent said something and I need to go back and listen to make sure I understand correctly. But I, I thought I heard him say that he's, he says there are recordings of the Branch Davidians talking about burning down the building. 
mm-hmm. and those recordings don't exist. The, yeah. They did not play them. I've never heard them. That FBI guy is a real son of a bitch liar. And then the ATF agent who got shot for 30 years, I've been sitting here th- thinking and hoping that David Koresh is burning in hell. Okay. Uh, well, you've he just... probably is. I mean, let's be real. <laughs> However, uh, it's the kids. It's the kids that we're worried about here. All the followers of this false prophet, you know, they're going to get what they paid for too, especially for putting their children yeah. in the situation. But um, the, the kids didn't ask for this. They didn't ask for their dumbass parents in this weird orgy commune. There's um, banging all the women. The Just, only other guy have you have you seen the sniper guy in the documentary? The dude no. who was okay. So they had a guy. Uh, some sort of sharpshooter who was stationed like a half mile away, just monitoring the tower and monitoring anybody who might try to shoot at the ATF or the FBI. The Asian guy? No, this was not, uh, this was not the Vicky Weaver sniper. This was a different guy and he's in the show and he claims, I swear this is hoax. hate, dude. He says that when Mount Carmel was burning down, someone tried to shoot his head off from the tower. Uh-huh. And that he heard the bullet whiz by his temple. And he's, he says, to this day, I know that somebody's, while they were burning alive, someone's last final effort was to try to kill me. I know that son of a bitch tried it. And I'm thinking, first of all, I don't believe you. But no. second of all, if true, don't care. Sounds like you kind yeah. of deserved it, dude. Well, they, uh, they're trying to live with what they've done. Maybe. Maybe it's as simple as that. Anyway. Thank you for the emails, guys. Appreciate it very much. Once again, if you'd like to send us an email for the show, contact page of the website, mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact. Look for the call and show question form. Mm-hmm. And we'll finish up with our chats. We'll call it a night uh, over on Rumble. JD1492 emailed some of the Groiper clips from the Culture War Tour, Matt. Guest appearance by Rob Lowell. Okay, so this Rob that was referenced earlier, who's this Rob that I'm missing? I, guess I don't I'll know what the out. hell is going on. All I know is that Dave Riley... Uh, clip. Cribbles says, I've heard get a good licking from for a severe beating, but that is more of a double entendre. President Biden was probably thinking of an ice cream cone. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's another way in which he tends to lick a lot. Addicted to drums, thanks. Thank you kindly for supporting the show. Appreciate it very much, uh, Mr. Drums, and happy drumming. All right. Uh, over on Tippy Stream and YouTube, I need to refresh, but if you're good to go. Sure. Uh, evil baby Calvin. You didn't read this, did you? I will no, shut no, up, quietly go to sleep and give money back her credit card. Give mommy back her credit card. If daddy says the N word live on stream, he's already done it. Just go back about a hundred episodes um, and you can, you can find it. I um, baited Susan by saying Jack Conti is no. Yeah. It was about Patreon Jack Conti because Sargon got banned by Patreon by saying that someone was a white N word. And I said that Jack Conti at Patreon is not a white N-word, but I said the hard R. And I'm not going to do it this time, but I've done it. Uh, okay. Um, Irish Flatlander, sorry to hear about your dog. Put mine down yesterday. Ugh. Almost 16 years of companionship. Hardest thing I've ever done. Rest in peace. I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's tough. And I'm really sorry to hear it. And uh, But... It, it's it's like you were saying it, it, there's 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 so much value in those 16 years so much value in the 10 years that i got you have to stay focused on that and and remember those times and i think the other tough part when my dog goes one day what is the proper 
amount of time before you consider getting another dog. Oh, what is that window? I don't think I could do it immediately. But yeah, but a family dog is a, it's a good thing. It's a good thing for him. I certainly want my kids to have them and I don't want them to grow up in their absence. So you go, you can have long. my dog Calvin and <laughs> yeah, it won't be confusing at all. At your house. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, Connor, all the best well, Irish flatlander. I'm sorry to hear it, man. We're sorry. Um, well, and I'm watching my 10 day old son wondering how much you would pay for the extra finger. He was what? born with it. Um, they're cutting it off in a few months. Uh, a vestigial finger. I've got questions. I mean, is there a bone in it? Uh, if it's just some flabby little nub, I'm not super interested. Why don't you get it removed when he's 18 years old so that I can see what kind of specimen it turns out to be. So I know this kid who has a sixth finger on both of his hands, fully functional. It's got a bone in it and everything. It looks hmm. just like that. It's like an extra pinky. Yeah. Okay. And it, his parents were like, he can use it. It's not just like a piece of fat hanging. It's yeah. like he could have, it's awesome. Maybe there are certain advantages. Yeah. Yeah. So if your kid has a bone in that finger, I don't know. Maybe think about not removing it. Um, thank you very much. Uh, my so-called mixed channel. I'm just a G hold the BLT. The bisexuals are all extinct. The dykes are all commies and the trannies are all fucking insane. Yeah. No, thanks. Great show tonight. Love you guys. Chris, we love you too, Chris. Thank you, man. Did this come through uh, many times for you? I saw this come through four times for me. Oh my one. gosh. Okay. Let's send him back 60 bucks then. Chris, uh, send me an email. Because we might just want to verify. It's showing me that your chat came through four, four times. Four times. So if that happened, I just want to make sure that you did not intend to be charged four times. I'm and we can, sure we can sort that out. But uh, I love you, Chris. I thought you said uh, bisexuals are all. I read it at first as instinct. But, you know, young me, there were not a lot of. Uh, I don't know. I had a lot of delusional blue pilled ideas when I was a yeah, young man. I think we all true. did. But bisexuality. I sniffed that out from the start. I, I, my co I had two controversial opinions at the, uh, the college dining table in the, the dining hall. Number one, it's not racist to have racial dating preferences. That was very controversial at the table. What? So even back then. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. It, 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 you're racist. If you have, and to me when I'm 20, I'm thinking, well, it's clearly gent some gentlemen prefer blondes. Some gentlemen prefer brunettes. That's fine. That's a matter of and your personal. And some gentlemen prefer the blue waffle. <laughs> so, just as you're entitled to hair preferences, of course you're entitled to racial preferences. It doesn't mean you're a bad person or a racist. That was very controversial. The other one, though, bisexuality is just an excuse for promiscuity. It's not a thing. Well, if you're a man and you're bisexual, you're gay. And if you're a woman and you're bisexual, you had a bad boyfriend, and you should just reconsider me excuse for promiscuity that's all okay yeah all right I'm fine yeah, my, my point was you have to pick at some point you have to so, so i i guess I, the best you can say for it is it's a temporary excuse to experiment but you're gonna find your preference yeah and then you're not by anymore you're something else um, anyway oh geez we got a boogie uh yeah sorry uh, send me an email, Chris. We'll get it sorted out. Thank you, man. Who was next? Holden Mulray says, uh, Matt, my favorite part of um, your mob looting piece was the Chicago community leaders accusal of, accusal of Walmart uh, of ravaging their city by leaving. 
but I'm confused. Wouldn't that be de-gentrification? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's so funny. It's like, I'm not trying to like simp for Walmart or something. In general, I'm not, I don't even shop at their stores, but you can't be mad at them for leaving. But then when they show up, they're also some bad corporate actor that's just here to exploit the community with low wages and blah, blah, blah. They're bad when they stay. They're bad when they leave. And you have an entitlement to loot them. And they have to stay despite you looting them. I, I'm not team Walmart all the time, but I'm very much team Walmart in that scenario. Thank you, Holden. Nicholas H says, Reinhardt, the point of having many kids is to build up enough of an army. Whether you vacate America or stay and fight, large numbers are better. Yeah, I think I think he would grant that. I think he's saying that it's not a, a, a sufficient solution on its own, probably, if I uh, if I try to go to bat for him. But thank you, Nicholas. I uh, Your point is taken. I appreciate it. Greg Olson says, Rooftop Pastor Corey Brooks of Project Hood and New Beginnings Church is a bright light on the south side of Chicago. He's made a lot of good progress for good there. You two should interview him. I've never heard the name. Excuse mm-hmm. me. So I'll have to check him out. Do you know that person? One more time. Uh, Corey Brooks. This is Project Hood, New mm-hmm. Beginnings Church. No. Mighty Sebastian says, I wish I could have chatted tonight two callers away. Sorry to hear, but of course we'll catch oh, you another sorry. time. All I wanted to say is that if you hate Titanic, I will never watch the show again. Kidding. (laughs) Also, in all seriousness, remember Rose is 17, not 25. I did catch that as I was watching it because she says 84 years ago and she's supposed to be 101 current time. So I thought 17. And then we were joking that that's kind of on brand for Leonardo DiCaprio. He's just been dating 17 year olds ever since. Well, it's legal. (laughs) Think of everybody acting like like seven like wanting to bang a 17 year old is creepy like every man on the planet wants to bang a 17 year old well he's supposed to be what like early 20s in this time frame too i think it's he's not 65 what's the problem here Uh, nicholas h says gypsy crusaders back on twatter is that so uh knuckle hunky buck thank you nicholas knuckle hunky buck says matt if you're riding a bear or if you think riding a bear isn't the most practical answer you're wrong a bear is the perfect mount look up wajtek or pronounced voitek uh, the Polish World War II war bear. He helped carry artillery. So this is a thing. This has actually been uh, deployed in uh, war theater. I'm going to have to check this out. Do you want to, do you have, uh, are you ready to read just the last few here while I look this up? Next up is uh, Philip uh, Hoskinson. Sure. Uh, White's Lost Farms replaced with 4,000 4, 4, trillion is what I almost said. 4 trillion student debt and middle class debt. I'm a professor. I teach Victor Hansen in engineering courses regarding classics for extra content. Philip Hoskinson. Mm. This looks film. legit. It looks like he was, in fact, a part of uh, World War II history. Really? Yeah, this bear. In fact, he lived out the rest of his days in Scotland until 1963. Oh, I thought you were talking about Philip Hoskinson. Sorry, no, I was, I was still on the bear. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Philip. Thanks, Bill. Um, Dirt Muffler, but hey, guys, nothing super witty or insightful to add. I never get to catch you live with my schedule. Just a big thanks. You guys are super based and inspiring in your convictions. Abolish the ATF, repeal the NFA. Cheers. Thanks, Dirt Muffler, but. Thank you for the support. We love you. You're very special. Guess who just booked a job interview? What? Mm -hmm. With somebody else, you're fired. Yeah, what? Get out of here. It's going to go work with Pearl. <laughs> no, the congratulations, man. I'm glad. Is to there hear. anything else? Chief Slingin' Beef, the one and only. Did you see North Carolina has passed a bill 
where the money follows the student, even homeschool now. Too bad for my dad. My my last sister is finishing up this year. No, I haven't heard of that, but that's great. Um, yeah, if if you can if you can get the uh, if you can maximize school choice in that way and have the the resources Do follow it. the child, great. <clears throat> that sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. Congrats to North Carolina. I hope it works out. Uh, one more from Fiery Waco regarding the guy with the extra finger. Wouldn't uh, you be afraid? that he'd end up killing someone's father. I guess I don't get the reference. Hold on. Anyway. Sorry, my brain's fried. It's that time of night, man. But I appreciate it very much. Uh, and we're all set. Anything else? Is this a we... Shakespearean reference? Probably. I'm not a great uh, literature mind. Because I anyway. just Googled remove finger, kill father and a bunch of weird stuff. Yeah, there's got to be something like that. You're probably <laughs> not too. All right, we're going to call it there. Thank you guys for uh, your super chats this evening. Thank you for your calls. Thank you for your email questions. Thank you for all of your participation in the show. It is very much appreciated. Of course, we will be back on Sunday to discuss the rest of the week's news then. If you missed any part of the show and you'd like to listen back, you can catch the uh, replay of the call-in show on the podcast page of the website, mattchristensenmedia.com slash podcasts. Speaking of anything else show-related, mattchristensenmedia.com. We'll see you Sunday, and have a great night. <laughs>